0: Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska Baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawksfield at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media.
1: Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. But there are a lot of balls that are hitting us, and I thought that DeBeer and Lupo were outstanding to start the match. Another perfect pass. Loopers out of the play. That's a good selection by Glock. What an angle. Oh, my
0: gosh. Sisk sizzling the pits. (laughs) Gets blocked. And Maripisa still gets a swing-off.
2: Oh, relentless. Look at the tip. Reach back
3: a block and cover everyone getting low and then Merritt Beeson getting her feet
0: to that ball to crush it down the line. Merritt Beeson there's no place like Nebraska 21 straight NCAA tournament wins for the Cornhuskers.
3: As a hitter it's hard to get blocked especially after hitting errors and then going for it and just getting stuffed I mean it's huge for momentum on our side and then it just kills your confidence as a hitter so i think we did a really good job today adjusting and we had really disciplined blocking which we really worked on this week at practice
4: good morning welcome in to herd at sports radio here on am 590 espn omaha espn tri-cities i'm ravi lula i've got andrew rogers here with me hey man we are live from herd at sports bar and grill on the H chevrolet stage And we're trying to get your weekend started off right here on a Friday show. You heard those clips all from the Sweet 16 volleyball matches. Nebraska advances to the Elite 8 with a straight set sweep over Georgia Tech. No, they were dominant. (laughs) Um,
0: Anytime this team (laughs) plays in Lincoln, they're winning. Yeah,
4: that's... uh, that was a. They feed off
0: energy, mm-hmm. like a wild
4: dog. That was a dismantling of Georgia Tech, and at this point, I mean, we're down to what? At that point, the 16 best teams in the country, and it looked like they were playing just a regular old non-con game uh, at the beginning of the season. That was an incredibly impressive victory. Um, that from I mean, honestly, from start to finish, it seemed like they maybe played with their food a little bit at the very end of the third Mm -hmm. set. But no surprise, they win in straight sets. And uh, advance to the Elite Eight against Arkansas. That's coming up on, excuse me, tomorrow, 5 p.m. That will be in Lincoln as well with a trip to the Final Four on the line. Uh, Before we get too far, the other local team that was still in the NCAA Mm -hmm. tournament, Creighton, Unfortunately fell in a five-set thriller with Louisville. Uh, They fell behind 1-0, and they came back and won a set. They fell behind 2-1, they came back and won a set. Weren't able to get it done in the fifth set. And that
0: fifth set just kind of got away from them. It
4: really did. It really did. And it was unfortunate because, you know, there were times, like in the, the second set, uh, I, I believe Creighton won 20 or uh, 25-14. They dominated that set. It wasn't even as close as 25-14. Um, so they had stretches where they clearly were the better team, but Louisville had the uh, had the better, I guess, morning. I was gonna say evening, where they played the thing at 11 a.m. Just because it was at the end of our work day doesn't make it the evening. <laughs> um, it was a it was a thriller. It was a back and forth match. Um, and unfortunately, the Creighton Blue Jays fell up, uh, fell short there. But uh, a great fight, a great fight, and I mean a great season. I mean they were, I think 29 and five, finished the year their first Sweet 16 since 2016. Um, Coach Booth does an incredible job with that program uh, and with that team. Certainly, nothing to be ashamed of there. Uh, although I'm sure they would have liked to see uh, themselves advance and and make. A Final Four, which I, I do think was on the table for them. I don't know that there was a huge gap between them and the teams that'll make the Final Four, except for Nebraska, because it feels like there's a huge gap between Nebraska and everybody. Um, but an incredible season for the Creighton uh, volleyball team, a season, an incredible season for Nebraska as well. That continues as I said tomorrow at 5 p.m. So um, I'm sure you'll be able to watch that here at the Herd at Sports Bar and Grill. As sure I know will. you guys watch the matches as a team. Over here yesterday yeah, afternoon, yeah,
0: I was, I was uh, enjoying some good company with the Herdat Sports Team,
4: watching the. Seemed like the, there was the some pizza match. involved. I saw, I think I saw some pizza. There was
0: some pizza. I didn't have any pizza. I chose to take the the healthy route. I had the Herdat Wrap. Okay. And then I paired it with mac and cheese. So maybe it wasn't the healthiest. I mean, house. life's about balance, you know. <laughs> you know <what? laughs> I, I I found my way um, to, to, the, to the health, like the primary meal was healthy. Yes, sure. Yeah. And then I mixed you in, you know, a little it. bit of fun.
4: It's hard. To, it's hard to say no to mac and yeah, cheese. But
0: I didn't have a soda. So there was a there was a. Uh, All right. So maybe you. some progress there for at least somebody like me and you.
4: Um, I will never yeah. give up my soda. There's not in a million years.
0: <laughs> yeah, I watched Creighton here and then I watched Nebraska. Uh, uh, at home, but um, you know, just two super talented groups. Um for Creighton, you know, Nora Sis is just unbelievable. So good. She is unbelievable. Um and then Nebraska just has weapons all over the court. They're, and they're we, overwhelming. Like we, like we knew that like we, we know that, we see that, but are we really appreciating it? <laughs> like, they are everywhere, high-flying, and even when there is a play that is just impossible to get, they are diving on the floor. I mean, there was a moment where Lexi Rodriguez and Harper Murray mm-hmm. dove into the stands, like, like tore the stands off the back line, when they weren't getting that ball, mm-hmm. it, it was a it was a kill attempt by Georgia Tech, took a weird kind of like hop off the front row's hands, and it was like a rainbow mm-hmm. arch into the stance both Both women are diving on the floor mm-hmm. to get or to at least try sure, yeah. and get that ball. I mean, that's just the effort, the max effort that you see from this group
4: in and out, and it's every single point. Well, it's one of those things that we talk about with with the the process developing good habits, right their process is we go after every ball. We go after every single ball because they believe, and they're right, they have the talent to get to anything, right? If they give full effort, they can basically do anything. Um, And that's what Coach Cook has instilled in them. That's what the team has um, has really made their identity and – Aside, because there's a lot of really talented teams, right? Now, Nebraska might be more talented than, than all of them, but when you're more talented and you work that hard mm-hmm. and you do the right things in terms of your process, that's when you become this type of juggernaut, even with your – I mean, this entire team is coming back next year, man. <laughs> like, and we talked with Mitch yesterday, you're going to add in a top-20 recruit in Caroline Drew so you're going to be even more talented than you are this year. That's the crazy thing about this. Um, I did want to shout out just a couple other. <clears throat> you mentioned Norris uh, A couple other Creighton volleyball players that played incredible, not just la- uh, yesterday, but during the uh, entire season. Ava Martin and Kendra Waite specifically. Yes. Kendra Waite, uh, just in- incredible. Uh, had 44 assists yesterday. Norris had 22 kills. Um, Ava Martin just incredibly solid all over the place, a couple aces yesterday for Ava Martin. So wanted to make sure um, some of those other uh, women got their due as well. But uh, as far as Nebraska is concerned, yeah, I just – I don't know. And listen, I get that it's sports weird things can happen. I don't know how on – if Nebraska is playing even a B-plus game, I don't know how anyone beats them.
0: Uh, not until you get to the Final Four, maybe even the final, because you'll likely see Wisconsin in yep. the final, and
4: that one's That's, going to be yes. the ne- test. Nebraska has to play their A game to beat, to beat Wisconsin. And, and, they do. And,
0: and, you know, frankly, back in Lincoln, I don't know if they played their A game against Wisconsin. I, they, they found a way to come back yeah, I against don't think, Wisconsin. I don't
4: think they did. I think, the, I think Wisconsin, there's a, if there's one team – that messes with Nebraska mentally at all, I think it's Wisconsin. Like, I think there's a mental hurdle there yeah, as much. Yeah,
0: there's some sort of psyche there that yeah.
4: Nebraska has to And I think it helped that earlier in the advance. year that Vance did beat them, right, because that, I think, eliminates some of that. But I, you have to imagine you're looking at a, a rematch um, with Wisconsin down the line here, and that's going to be the test. That's the, that's the measuring stick at this mm-hmm. point to say, hey, this team, not just for the Big Ten, right, but this is kind of the measuring stick of nationally who you're chasing. Is it Nebraska? Is it Wisconsin? That, I think, is going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, you know, and, and I'm not going to pretend to be a volleyball expert, but you can just see as you're watching these matches, right, just the, the incredible athleticism of Nebraska which I do think is greater than we see on some of these other teams. You know, you're watching that that Louisville-Creighton game mm-hmm. and the athleticism from Nebraska it it jumps out to you in a way that it not to say that those uh, women aren't great athletes because they are, but there's it, it's it's kind of like watching this is too dramatic. But it's like watching Michigan versus watching like Alabama. Mm-hmm. Like Michigan's a super good football team, right? Mm-hmm. Alabama athletically jumps off the page in a different way. That's kind of how I would describe Nebraska versus kind of the field at this point outside of maybe Wisconsin. Yeah, but
0: they could always compete against one another. Yes. Yeah. But like, that doesn't one, mean Michigan's going to. One team is eye-popping.
4: Yeah. That doesn't mean Michigan's going to lose to Alabama because I, I think they could win. I think there's, Alabama's flawed in certain ways, and, and that actually I think is going to be a good game. But it's just, it, it's watching it. It looks mm-hmm. different. And. Again, you, you, we mentioned how young this Nebraska team is.
0: Just wait if they're this if they're this uh, pop off the page for you now, Ravi. I just know. Wait until next year. Yeah. Not. I'm not even going to say, hey, wait two, two, years. three years, yeah. and when they're seniors, like, can't wait no, to see what they look like next just year. Just wait till they look uh, what they look like next year. I mean, wait
4: till they're more than a year removed from high school. <laughs> they're, they're so skilled.
0: Yeah. Um, and they they know where to be. Um, Figuring out, um, like, how to be like the next Lexi Rodriguez is going to be difficult, I think, or or finding that next Lexi Rodriguez. So I'd be curious there. Sure. Um, But as you said, this team is just so incredibly skilled, and um, it's going to be tough for any NCAA tournament team. Arkansas. Texas, Stanford, um, I'm just listing them off as I remember them, Pitt, uh, Louisville, uh, Ed, you know, all these teams that if somehow, some way they meet Nebraska mm-hmm. in the end, it's going to be tough for them to
4: compete against the Huskers. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough for anybody to compete against the Huskers, right? I just, that's, that's where we're at in terms of... Uh, of the level of skill that Nebraska has right now. So um, we'll see how, excuse me, we will see how it all plays out, but you can watch Nebraska here at 5 p.m. at Herd Sports Bar and Grill tomorrow. Uh, Want to change gears here a little bit, but I wanted to make sure I started with the, uh, in the excellence that we had seen here locally with Nebraska and Creighton. we had, a, we had some movement in the coaching carousel. That's been pretty quiet. It's been pretty quiet as of late. Um, you know, we talked to our talking guy. Talking a little East Coast action here? Yeah, we were talking to our guy Adam McClintock, and he thought there were more dominoes to fall. We haven't seen many of those yet. We did see one yesterday with Manny Diaz. Mm-hmm. He was the defensive coordinator at Penn State. The number one overall total defense. And he was hired by Duke as their new head coach. Which isn't very shocking after what Duke just put together with Mike Elko. Yeah, they went defense with Mike Elko. It went really well for them. I think they're like, hey, I think we're kind of yeah, built wash, to rinse, play repeat. this way, right? My only hesitation is, well, so I was obviously a – I was rooting for Jamie Chadwell to get that mm-hmm. job. Uh, I love Jamie Chadwell. Everybody knows this about me. Um, And I really want him to get a shot at a big-time opportunity. And maybe they called him, maybe they didn't. The weird thing about Liberty is they have a ton of money. And I'm not sure everybody realizes that, but they have, like, filthy amounts of money. So they can pay him well. They're a private university. Um, They can provide him with a lot of the things that you get at higher levels. So I wonder... How many times he's been called, and just said, "Eh, we're, I'm okay." Maybe because he might just be waiting, right? Mm-hmm. He might be waiting for a job that clearly offers better resources and things like that. And I don't, I don't just mean pay, right? So while I was disappointed, I uh, you know I with my guy this, Jamie Chadwell, um, I, I think that's a factor.
0: If if he's waiting for that job, it will be hard to get that job. Coming just straight Coming out of from liberty. liberty.
4: That's kind of that's and that's where I'm at, right? Like, I think you have to look at maybe not. Like, I get that Duke may not have the same. Although it's not like Duke is in the poor no,
0: house, no. They're, they're yeah, right? they're not like hey. Now this I, is one of the teams that's going to be a college football playoff team next year.
4: It's not like you're talking about Colorado, who has like real money issues, or UCLA that has like real money issues, right? Duke is a place again, private school, ton of money. The issue with Duke is more we're always going to care more about basketball than we mm-hmm. do football. Now, you can view it as a bad thing. You can also view it as a good thing that maybe there's not quite as much pressure at a place like right. Duke. That might be a nice entrance into Power 5 football. And you've seen guys win there, right? This isn't Duke of 30 years ago where they were basically Kansas State and horrible at the time, right? And you're like, eh, nobody wants to go to Duke. That's, that's scary. This is a Duke team that they were good under David Cutcliffe. They were good under Mike Elko. They're not in a terrible place to take over that program, and the ACC isn't overly competitive, and as overly we difficult. as we saw because <laughs> they're undefeated <laughs> champion got left out of the
0: playoff, right? And so uh, UNC it matches up in that category very well, but Clemson is—they're going to have a down year next year. Florida State will have probably an up
4: year <laughs> next year. Um, Depends on who they get in at quarterback. Uh, you know, if it ends up being like a Cam Ward, like yeah, right. I think they're going to be right back where they are yeah, this year. They should be exactly where they. They are. Um, now they're they're going to lose some guys on defense, and, and they're going to lose Keon Coleman and, and Johnny Wilson, but uh, Mike Norvell's been incredible mm-hmm. in the portal. He's been so good at filling needs in the portal, right. and they've also been putting up really good recruiting classes, so I, I think they'll be okay.
0: But in terms of that Texas A&M job, if we just use that as an example for Jamie Chadwell's case— mm-hmm. The only reason Mike Elko got that job is because of his previous connection. Yeah, there absolutely. were other names out there yeah. that Texas A&M could have just went, hey, Kalen DeBoer, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get you to come here, or Dan Lanning, I'm going to try to get you, well,
4: so it sounds, you to come here. It sounds like they struck out on some of those.
0: Which is fine. Yeah, yeah
4: and, but, but I do think they took some swings. Yeah,
0: it, you can take swings, but uh, there, there, is bigger, there were bigger name coaches available. Mm-hmm. Then Mike Elko sure. name. For Mike sure. Elko gets goes to that job because mm-hmm. he has previous ties to Texas A and M. That was my wonder, uh, or or so we'll we'll call it a a, a concern mm-hmm. for for Chadwell's case. That if you are at Liberty, how much firepower does Liberty give you mm-hmm. in coaching carousel runs?
4: Well, and that's a fair point because if you look at his. He doesn't really come from a coaching tree, that I'm aware of. He is kind of out there on an island. He brought up um, Coastal Carolina. He was, I I believe he was under. Oh gosh, what's the guy's name? The uh, the TD Ameritrade guy that coached the Omaha Nighthawks. Um, he coached under him, I believe, at at Coastal Carolina, and that guy didn't have a ton of um, didn't have a ton of experience. It's Joe something. <laughs> uh, Montana Nope, it's going to drive me crazy Namath hey, uh, Joe Moglia, thank you thank DiMaggio. you. Um, so like Joe Moglia came from the business world And ended up coaching a, a Division 1 football team And so he didn't have a ton of connections To the rest of the coaching world Jamie Chadwell came up under him He doesn't have a ton of connections To the rest of the coaching world So he kind of needs to take a job That allows him to either make some of those connections or doesn't require some of those connections, right? So, you know, I look at some – and I think Duke could have been one of those. Mm -hmm. I don't think Duke is as – so high on the Power Five, like, rankings, so high on that, like, hierarchy of jobs that you have to have some kind of connection like a Texas A&M, right? Um, You know, Matt Rule didn't have direct connections to Nebraska, right? But he had such long reach throughout college football – you know, you could go down to Texas and be like, hey, what did you guys think about him down here? And they were enamored with him. You could go out to the East Coast and be like, what do you guys think about Matt Rule over here? And they were enamored with him. He had long tentacles throughout the coaching business. I don't know that Jamie Chadwell does. He's probably going to have to take a job that he's not in love with, unless he's just okay with being a Liberty forever. Like, that's the other thing that we have to think about is, well, I guess I have to think about, because <laughs> yeah. I'm the one trying to get him a better job, is... You know, some guys are just okay with where they're at, right? If he's well compensated, he's you know, I know he's, he's a super religious guy and like Liberty's a Christian school, like maybe that's just a good fit for him and he likes it there. I, I don't know. Um, but I, on what it is for me, I want to see his system at a high level because I want to see if it works. I want to see if it works against power five competition, I want to see if it works year in and year out. To see, I just like seeing different things work. And he runs about as different of an offense as anybody in Division I football right
0: well, now. Well, Ravi, you know what? You can imagine, and that imagination could become reality this summer when NCAA gets released. Oh, I love it. And you can just probably take Jamie Chadwell, love the liberty, create your own team, use that system, and then, you know what? Just run a sim season <laughs> and see if it works. And if it doesn't, <laughs> then you don't have then to, then you don't then have to sweat about it anymore. I am. Good. I'm
4: concerned about it. I feel like I should be Jamie Chadwell's agent.
0: But uh, Manny Diaz gets that job. In at, at Duke, at yeah. Duke, and um, you know th- he's had previous head coaching experience at Miami, Yeah, and he was, was okay. wasn't I mean, super successful, but he wasn't unsuccessful. He's was better either. than I remember. Yeah, he I mean was, he made three bowl yeah, games. Was pretty level, um, just. A lot of losses for somebody in year three. Year three to go seven and five at a school like yeah. Miami probably isn't what you're looking for. But it also came after the COVID-19 season. And yeah. so um, the battle to get back into recruiting was, was pretty difficult at that time. Honestly,
4: what I think happened there as much as anything, and this is sort of what happened to Mike Riley too at, here at Nebraska, I think who was available was more of a factor in him getting fired than what he had actually done. Like, Mario Cristobal being available Mm -hmm. to them or them finding out, like, hey, Mario Cristobal is, like, interested in this job, he wants to come home to Miami, I think had more to do with Manny Diaz getting fired than the 7-5. and Right, and that could be, too. I think you can look at it, and, like, they went 8-3 and in COVID, which was his best year, Uh, but you look at it, everything was weird kind of in that couple-year stretch there, and I think under normal circumstances, without a Mario Cristobal hanging over their heads, they probably don't move on after three years. I wouldn't guess.
0: Uh, Well, so it just depends on uh, the pace of, of how that program is moving. Because in the world today it seems like you get two, three years, and then it's like, all right, did you make it work or did you not make it work? Now, Nebraska seems to be a little bit more generous in that category. <laughs> well, with some people they are. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that's why when, when last year we were talking about, about Brett Bielema in Illinois and the successful season that he was able to mm-hmm. put together in year two of that program, mm-hmm. it's like, it has is that the new standard? Is 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 year two the standard now instead of year three? Because it used to always be like, no, I'll give him a couple of seasons. If it doesn't work in year three, Three, then you got to find somebody new. Maybe it's getting pushed up though because expectations get set so much higher. You have NIL money in it now, and and you should be able to to get the talent that you're looking for with the funding that you and the resources that you have at certain universities. And that's kind of how I feel at like a school like Miami, Um, the time the window to be successful there is so small because of the rich history of that program, because of the resources that that program can offer you, and. Look, Miami's a hot like a school to be um, like to be desired for any college kid uh, to go to the to the lowest part of the state of Florida, basically be on the beach yeah. and uh, you know enjoy your time there. So you should be able to get anybody you want at Miami. So if you are getting um, a, a seven and five season. Uh, in your third season, despite it being a bowl game, yes, maybe a little bit had to do with Mario Cristobal being on the market. But at the same time, it's like, how much progress did we make? Because we went from eight and three to seven and five. And if I give him one more chance, is it another seven and five season?
4: Yeah, and I, I think honestly, I think because the eight and three was in there, he would have gotten more time if Mario Cristobal wasn't hanging over his head. That's, I mean, that's just how it seems to me. Uh, Coming up, there was a super weird thing that got leaked yesterday from the NFL world, and um, yeah, I have thoughts. I don't know who wouldn't have thoughts. <laughs> we'll get to that and more here on Herd at Sports Radio.
1: You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio.
4: Welcome back to Ernest Sports Radio here on AM 590 ESPN, Omaha ESPN, Tri-Cities. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me as well. Time to set up the show for you because we spent the first half hour not doing that. Uh, coming up at 745, uh, we've got a couple of really cool guests today. Uh, first, we've got Ken Kratzer. He covers the midshipmen of Navy. He is uh, going to help us preview that Army-Navy game from that side. Coming up at uh, at 8.45, we will talk to Bill Wagner, who also covers that game as well. Um, and then at 9.45, we will talk to our guy, Matt Verzal. Um, <clears throat> no Mike Sauter today. He's a little bit under the weather. I think there's something going around a little bit. So, uh, wish Mike the best getting back on his feet um, as he is uh, not feeling great this morning. but. I imagine somebody who was not feeling great over the last couple days was Sean McDermott. Yeah, As, somebody a
0: little sick to their stomach, you yeah, could say.
4: Yeah, maybe for some other reasons. Uh, so a story came out, and it was, there's a couple things that we need to address here. Uh, so this happened in 2019. That's four years ago. That's a, that's a minute ago, right? Um, what were you doing in 2019, Ravi? 2019. Um, I got, mm, let's see. I made the move to Sioux City in 2019. I got married in 2019.
0: Congratulations! Thank you. Because 2019 is the new 2023,
4: apparently. <laughs> apparently, it is. For Sean McDermott, he's reliving. so you're a newlywed. Yeah. Well, uh, so it depends on when this happened uh, during training camp. So yeah, I would have been married by that point. Uh, very, very recently married at that point. Uh, so during training camp in 2019, Sean McDermott was, you know, trying to inspire. Sure, I think that's a uh, one word we could use. Um, Fire up the team. <laughs> he was every morning. He would address the team with some allegedly motivational thoughts to get the day going in training camp. Sure, you know.
0: he, he was motivating them throughout training camp. Yes, words, yes. Just
4: these maybe. Well, not maybe. The, he may he may missed the he mark missed on this one. Missed the mark here. So if you haven't heard, he used the used the example of the terrorists on 9-11 for a group of people that came together to execute a common goal, which is, I got to say, not a good decision. That is, first of all, there's a couple things going on here. I, I First and foremost, obviously that's not anything you should ever make light of, right? Um, that's obvious. It was a clear misstep in judgment from Sean McDermott and he said he apologized for it at the time it came out yesterday kind of publicly um so we don't really need to get into like the morality of the comments because we all know it was stupid and bad and dumb okay Mm -hmm. what I find interesting about this situation are two things number one why did it come out four years later right people obviously have known about this for four years People are not generally good at keeping secrets, especially in the sports world. They love telling other people things. And then you go look at the standings in the AFC East. <laughs> and the well, Buffalo Bills are 6-6. Six and six.
0: Yeah, and it's not a record that keeps them out of the playoffs right now. No. Um, but it is a record that is below expectation. They have dramatically of where, underachieved. Of where they are supposed to finish this year, or at least were expected to finish and this And where season. they've been the last few
4: years, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, they've AFC been, Championship. Game. They've been the main challenger to the Chiefs in the AFC. Um, them and the Bengals have been the other two teams that have actually given the Chiefs trouble.
0: So you kind of think, well, is this like a, hey, now I
4: have some reason to
0: think twice about Sean McDermott?
4: here's, Here's what I think happened. Right, so we had this conversation a couple weeks ago as we went through the NFL coaches, because Adam Schefter took the over on ten coaches getting hired or fired, and Sean McDermott was on my list of guys I thought would get fired. They have dramatically underachieved, Mm -hmm. and yeah, because I kept him off my list. You did, and I think I mean obviously you're not obviously you're not getting rid of like Josh Allen or anything like that, or you you know, there's only so many changes you can make out of your star players. Mm -hmm. You're not moving on from Josh Allen because he's Even though he's not the level, I think, in my opinion, I don't think he's the level that some other people put him at, Uh, he is an incredibly talented and successful quarterback, and you're not moving on from that, especially in Buffalo when you've gone through the desert of quarterbacks. I mean, J.P. Lossman ring any bells? Like, it's been rough out there. Uh, But but, so I, I think what we're looking at here is, hey, they kind of are thinking about firing him. When you see organizations in that place, a lot of times you start to see these negative stories start to leak a little bit. I go back to the, the Red Sox when Terry Francona was going to get fired, and you start hearing about the chicken and beer and the, the fried chicken and beer in the clubhouse. and oh, it was, a, it was a real loose environment. He couldn't get those guys on track, whatever. It's like, well, it was fine the previous years when they won a couple world titles, but now that we want to get rid of him, it's like, oh, the chicken and beer in the clubhouse. All right. <laughs> you know, so this is a very common thing that happens. We're a beef team. <laughs> you know, when, when Bill Moose retired, quote-unquote, it's like, ah, he wasn't in the office a bunch. He was in Montana most of the time. Like, well, nobody cared when he was hiring Scott Frost and he, was in the offi- he wasn't right. in the office. Well,
0: you always look for an excuse. Yeah, exactly. Um, you you want to justify the means to the claim. And it's, and-
4: a, it's a PR thing, right? It's, they've known about this for a long time. They obviously didn't think it was a fireable offense at the time. But now that they want to fire him for other reasons... They're like, uh ah, maybe this should be out in the public so people kind of know, right? So that's number one, is why it came out now. Why I th- it think it came out now. Number two, and this is going to seem like a strange example, but I-, I think it's accurate. All the time when we are second-guessing coaches, we hear people say, well, you think you know better than the coaches? You think you know more about football than the coaches? Like, no, I don't think I know more than football about the coaches. What I do know is coaches oftentimes overthink things. They oftentimes do not see the forest through the trees. They're in the weeds. They are way too close to a situation a lot of the time. Because I've been there. I have been in that situation where I have been too close to it to make an objective, rational decision. And you overthink things. How many just off the top of your head, there's like a million examples that do not cause grief and trauma and don't reference one of the most traumatic events in American history Mm -hmm. about a a group of people coming together to execute a common goal right
0: yeah I I I mean I have two right now just in history
4: yeah I mean give me D-Day Mm-hmm. One of probably the most extensive and organized military operation of all time.
0: Right. I think the Battle of 300. Like That was the first Boom. thing that popped in my head. Uh, I thought the Trojan horse. <laughs> it's, yeah. you go way back, execu- right? Highly executed.
4: Even, you know, I saw Oppenheimer this summer, the Manhattan Project. They built a town and developed this technology that had never existed before. And they got a late start on it, and they executed this goal. Now, mm-hmm. what, wh- however you feel about the execution of that goal, it is what it is, but still an incredible feat, right? You have this – and kind of mimics training camp more because they were all isolated in New Mexico. and You know, like there's way better examples. We just sat here, thought of three just off the top of
0: our heads. And, you know, deep four – Deep down, you have to know your example's wrong. Yes. Because right? like, even me thinking about, like, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing myself going to the high school team that I was uh, mm-hmm. coaching this fall and, and saying this story. And thinking in my stomach how sick that would make me to even think about saying. Yeah. So the fact that it didn't make him sick to his stomach to say, and that even in here, this is the part that, that kind of, like, spoke to me mm-hmm. he said he brought everybody together after practice had started mm-hmm. and said this was the goal this was the intent and I apologize if anyone whatsoever felt a certain type of way coming out of that meeting if anyone misinterpreted or didn't understand the message I apologize so it wasn't that he was apologizing no. for the
4: scenario
0: it that was he the gave. non-apology it, apology it, it was the apology for hey, oh I'm if, sorry
4: if I offended you
0: if you if you were offended well so be it
4: I'm sorry you took it the wrong way like, like, there's not a right way to take it, sir. Bro,
0: get off the bus, man. Like, get off. <laughs> so that's,
4: that's how I – like, again, this is a weird example of it, but that's how I know for a fact, besides having been in it as a, as a coach before, that's how I know for a fact that coaches sometimes get so deep in their own heads that they just mess up. And if it can happen with prepared remarks at a training camp – you're telling me it can't happen in a pressurized situation of a critical game? And that's, if, if it's prepared and it happens? That's what I mean. Unprepared is even scarier. Or happening in the moment, right? And yeah, Where, well, how do you react? Oh, that's what I mean. So, it's a it's a strange example, but that's one of the first things I thought of. I was like, man, like, if you don't read this and think, like, yeah, coaches miss sometimes, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you think a lot of other things, too, about Sean McDermott, but... Coaches miss sometimes. Yeah. like And and even when they're prepared and ready to go, they still miss. The big one is key number one that you gave, though. This came out because mm-hmm. Coach McDermott is on the hot seat. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to Ken Kratzer. He covers Army football. We're going to talk about the army Navy game here on Herd Sports Radio.
1: You're listening to Hurt At Sports Radio. Markel Johnson is the fullback. Tight formation for the Black Knights. Murphy in motion, handoff Markel
2: Johnson straight ahead. Breaks it at the 20-yard line, far side of the 15. 10-5, touchdown Army! Belke gets it down. The kick is up by Moretsky.
5: Plenty of distance. It's good! It's good! Quinn Moretsky, the pride of Honolulu, Hawaii! Wins the 2022 Army-Navy game in double overtime.
0: May see another one of those.
4: Uh, you certainly might. <laughs> Wrapping up hour number one here on Herd Ad Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula. That's Andrew Rogers. We're on AM 590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities. We are joined now by Ken Kratzer. He covers Army football. And, Ken, we are uh, – Very pleased to talk to you in front of the big rivalry game for Army and Navy. How are you this morning? Real good. I'm in
2: downtown Boston. It's a beautiful day. There's going to be a a number of uh, events in Boston. Uh, They do uh, an obstacle course, uh, tug-of-war. They're going to have a pep rally at Daniel Hall, Uh, the uh, the marketplace downtown. Uh, There's a debate team match, a dinner tonight all leading up to tomorrow's game at Gillette Stadium, a 3 o'clock start. It's good to hear my buddy uh, Rich DeMarco calling uh, plays from last year's game, a, a double overtime game down at Philadelphia, won by, as, as he mentioned, Quinn Moretsky uh, with his field goals to uh, tie the game to put in overtime and then the game winner. Uh, so a lot of excitement. Uh, you know, Army had a had a tough stretch in the middle of the season. They lost five straight, including – you know, going to play at, uh, at uh, Syracuse, they lost a game at Bo- to Boston College. They might have won, and uh, they had a tough time with Troy and uh, LSU. But then they've come back really strong the last three games. Uh, they were a 17-point underdog at Air Force, and they won 23-3. And that was the score at halftime. Uh, fourth play of the game, Bryson Daly, the Army quarterback, ran uh, about 62 yards for a touchdown and kind of set the tone for the day. And then they won over Holy Cross, a good FCS team. And then last week did another good team, Coastal Carolina at home. You know, and they, they won it just the way Army football fans like it. Army ran for 365 yards against Coastal, passed for exactly zero. And everybody <laughs> was really happy.
4: Uh, Ken, you mentioned that really tough stretch in the middle of the season. Can you give us some context? Obviously, they had – Close games against BC, UMass, as you mentioned, Um, and then they had some tough games in there against LSU and Syracuse, but uh, did something change? Because they started off winning two out of their first three. They've won their last three since then. Like, what happened in the middle of the season, and what's changed that they've been able to turn it around?
2: Well, you know, it's what happens in college football. Their starting quarterback got hurt. Mm. Uh, Bryson Daly, I believe it was in the Syracuse game, where they played Syracuse pretty even most of the way. Um, and then uh, he was not 100% against Boston College, didn't play for a couple of weeks. Uh, they put the freshman quarterback Champ Harrison against LSU, and as Coach Munkin said the year before, he was playing for high school in Miami and did the best he could. But um, then uh, Bryson Daly had a chance to get uh, get uh, get He's from Abernathy, Texas, and uh, as I said, he uh, really surprised everybody at the Air Force game. They played in front of 52,000 at the Broncos Stadium. And uh, Army, uh, between special teams and the offense. And what, they, what the big thing, and people will notice, there will be a lot of talk on the broadcast uh, tomorrow, is Army changed the offense for the Coastal Carolina game. Army had been trying to do the shotgun offense all year. They brought in a new offensive coordinator, Drew Thatcher, to implement it. And they felt, Coach Munkin felt it just wasn't working. So they went back to the old offense of pound the ball, smash mouth Army football. And as I said, they got 365 yards against a good coastal team. And uh, they went back under center. And Army's got these two big fullbacks, Jacoby Buchanan and Tyson Riley. Both seniors, both 255 pounds when they've been on a diet for two weeks. (laughs) <laughs> and they uh, went, they are very hard to stop in short yardage. I think both of them are going to be in NFL camps next year. Um, so they're going back to it. I think Army's – you know, Coach Munkin talked about the difficulty uh, in playing both a shotgun offense and a under-center offense. He said after the Coastal game that all the plays are different. Uh, but somehow or other, Bryson Daly ran it, made the change smoothly. And even more – Army's been playing a freshman center by the name of Brady Small from New Jersey, a big 295-pound player, and he's been playing most of the year, and he made the switch from doing the shotgun snap to the under center snap without you know, missing a beat, no dropped snaps, which was really remarkable. But that's what they're going to be talking about. It gives Navy a lot to think about. Everybody's talking about, well, is Army going to do some plays from shotgun, some, some plays from under, under center? I think they're going to
0: run the fullbacks tomorrow until Navy can stop them. Well, Ken, I'm happy that you brought that up because I was going to ask about the game plan because it doesn't seem like there are any real mysteries to the game plan for <laughs> both of these teams, right? Whichever team runs the ball more effectively and prevents the other team from doing the same usually wins this game.
2: Yeah, I think that's a different element this year. Um, Coach Munkin tried to adjust to the difference. They, the NCAA changed the downfield blocking rules, uh, really eliminating blocking below the waist beyond the tackle box. And so he made the adjustment. Now about Navy, what they have is they got a really sharp quarterback named Xavier Arline. We met him last year. He's going to become a Marine Corps officer number seven he's played the last seven games he can run the ball he's got a yards he's got seven touchdowns uh the army uh staff believes that they're, they're going to use multiple quarterbacks in the game uh ty levitt ty uh played in the 2021 game for navy that they beat army at the meadowlands and they also have a good-looking freshman named brandon woodson they think may get in the game too so they're trying to throw different wrinkles at each other, but really it's about who manages the ball the best, who avoids any fumbles, who can avoid an interception. Navy's got an aggressive defense. Uh, their new coach is Brian Newberry, who was the defensive coordinator uh, for a number of years there. Um, and he, they had 28 sacks this season and uh, 14 fumbles that they generated, uh, 10 interceptions. So they've got a 24-11 to 11 turnover margin. So that's what they're going to be doing. Um, you know, it's really who can manage the ball better, who can manage the clock, and it should be a great game.
4: Ken, I wanted to ask you about uh, about Jeff Monken there. Uh, he's, I think, unquestionably the most successful modern coach in Army history. What has he been able to do? to be able to – I mean, obviously there's a lot of challenges and limitations about coaching football at one of the service academies. What has he been able to do to have relatively consistent success over the course of almost 10 years now?
2: Well, you know, I've worked with Coach Munkin since the day he arrived uh, 10 years ago, and he's an incredible leader, uh, number one. And, you know, you got 150, 175 people involved with the football program between players, coaches, trainers, managers, equipment guys. And Coach Munkin has every single person in the organization going full speed in the right direction all the time. And that pays off. He built up the offensive line. Army used to have very small offensive lines before he got there. And this year they have all 300-pound players. It's the first time you've probably seen that in a service academy. Mm-hmm. And uh, – they've they've uh you know recruited the country real well brought in players and he brings in players who want to serve our country in the u.s army you know we always talked about representing the 1.2 million soldiers of the u.s army and uh you know the great things that some of the graduates are are doing um over you know in the army deployments, advancing in their career serving our country and he really embraces that and uh i think we have 35 army seniors we were at their branch night uh, uh, last week where they all stand up in an auditorium the thousand members of the senior class and they get told to open their envelope and, and it's a branch of the u.s army infantry armor uh field artillery cyber signal all of the branches of the army uh, medical and he embraces that for his players and uh You know, just treasures representing the U.S. Army. And we love it when it rains because they'll always say rain doesn't stop the U.S. Army.
4: (laughs) Uh, Ken, we've got about a minute and a half here left with you. I'm just curious, you know, obviously you've been covering uh, Army football in this game for a long time. Just what's your favorite part? You mentioned some of the other stuff that goes on leading up to this football game. Just what's your favorite part about this game and this rivalry?
2: Well, I'll tell you, last year I had the privilege of being down on the field uh, before the game, and we there's a number of things. They do an exchange of the uh, exchange students. They call it a prisoner exchange. And then, um, <laughs> you know, watch for that. And then, um, you know, before the game, um, you know, the players, are before they're introduced, uh, all the dignitaries from the Army are out there. You know, the chief of staff of the Army is General McGonville last year. Uh, Secretary of the Army, the Chairman of the uh, of Secretary of defense who uh, is a West Point grad and uh, we they, and when the teams were introduced, you know they come out, they run out of the tunnels, Army came out first, and four helicopters fly overhead. the navy's introduced, and they come out on the other side of the field. Four jet planes fly over the stadium and Last year, the team ran right by where I was standing they went ran out to the middle of the field and they ran right by. Where I uh, had my little camera position, and uh, what a moment! And uh, they do the coin toss and get set for the kick, and they play tsunami, and everybody's waving their caps. It's an incredible moment. Uh, but the be- biggest moment of the day uh, for the Army-Navy game is singing second. You know, after the game, they sing the alma maters, and the losing team sings first, mm-hmm. and the sec- and the winning team sings second.
4: It's That's a big one. Ken Kratzer. he covers Army football. Ken. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Really special uh, event going on this weekend, and I hope you enjoy getting to cover the game.
0: Hey, thanks. Great. Great to talk to you guys. Hey, thanks, Ken. That prisoner exchange, too, is funny because how it works is they, they were sent to the other service academy for the fall semester. Yeah. And so, then they, like, like, they had ex- to go
4: through school. Literally there. exchange them and back. And then
0: they're <laughs> exchanging them back. So it's a cool tradition.
4: That's Ken Kratzer. He uh, covers Army football. We appreciate his time. Coming up next, we've got a little uh, Christmas movie debate to settle here on Herd Sports Radio. Ooh.
1: Welcome to Herd at Sports Radio.
4: Kicking off hour number two here on Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula, Andrew Rogers here with me. It's a Christmas movie. Oh, Almost. Oh, we're almost there. Oh, we're not there yet. Sorry. No.
0: Sorry, I just got excited. I'm like a kid.
4: Listen, it's our Kid right. on Christmas. We were joined uh, in the previous segment by Ken Kreitzer. He covers I'm Army excited. football. That was on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline. Uh, we're going to get into some, some Christmas movie debates here, so if you want to join us on the War Horse Sportsbook <laughs> Hotline, you can as well. It's 888-638-4876. I imagine... Some of you all will have feelings about those. I'm sure that uh, everybody. I'm sure that uh, people will chime in on that YouTube channel as they're already uh, popping off in there, as they always are. But before we get to that, I want to tell you uh, a message from our friends at the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Using your seatbelt saves lives and prevents injuries, but only if it is properly worn. Make it click. I know people are driving all over right now. It's the holiday season, going to visit family, all that kind of stuff. Make sure you get there safely. Make it click. Seatbelts save lives. This message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Uh, Andrew doing his best flight attendant impression here, like trying to, th- to teach you how to click the, se- the yep, seatbelt yep, yep. and stuff.
0: And mm-hmm. It can never be. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Let me hold it in front of everybody. You pull the strap. <laughs> then you got to put your light preserver on. Inflate it. Well, inflate that's not a car. A that's tube.
4: on That's on planes. You know, you usually oh, don't oh, have the. Oh, oh, oh. You oh. usually don't not wearing a. Seat. Normally
0: you don't have flight attendants, though, on. Uh, That's true. In but cars. You, you were just
4: kind of, you, you know, you're kind of <laughs> doing your thing there. Um, <laughs> all right, so here's what we have. We wanted to do a Christmas movie bracket. So we spent uh, a good amount of time determining which movies deserve to be in the bracket, mm-hmm. uh, much, less, much like the, uh, the NCAA selection committee. Uh, I use that one rather than College Football Playoff Committee because I feel like we did a good job.
0: Well, uh, there's probably a Florida State in our bracket.
4: Yeah, I think so. I, we didn't leave any undefeated teams out no. for sure. We may have left out, uh, you know, some some fringe teams. Like this is more of a 12-team situation, although 16 for us. Right. There may have been some fringe teams, but they weren't going to win the national championship. All right. Yeah, like sorry, they, Mizzou. They were <laughs> Yeah, Mizzou, <laughs> you're not going to make the cut there, bud. Uh, so we, uh, we we put together. Sixteen movies. We put them into a bracket, and uh, but before we do that, we have a, we have an omission that we'd like to uh, would like to address here. And
0: if it's said on this show, it's a fact.
4: It is a fact. That's, it's it's that's going accurate.
0: down into the history books, and nobody else can argue it.
4: Yeah, that is a uh, this is a a pharaoh of Egypt. So let it be written. So let it mm-hmm. be done. Situation. Once we have said it. It is written in stone. Yeah, just like the Commander-in-Chief
0: trophy goes to Army or Navy or maybe even Air Force because there's an odd scenario where Air Force gets the trophy (laughs) somehow. uh, The Commander-in-Chief gave us the power to have multiple, multiple things that are set in stone. Mm -hmm. And And this this is
4: one of them. We have left Die Hard off our Christmas movie Because it's not a Christmas movie. Because it's not a Christmas movie. It's a
0: Christmas movie. It is. Shane, just because it takes place on Christmas Eve doesn't make it a Christmas
4: movie. So here's the distinction that I make, okay? There's a lot of movies that happen around Christmas, right? Another example of this that a lot of people watch at Christmas is Love Actually. Mm -hmm. Happens during the holidays. Guess what? Christmas is not the central theme of the movie, that is what makes a Christmas movie, not but, the fact that it happens near Christmas.
3: But even if it doesn't happen near Christmas, I mean, Christmas could be celebrated any time between Thanksgiving and, you know, the end of the year. We can agree on that, correct? Right? So, Shane... No, Christmas
4: it, is actually celebrated on December 25th. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> yeah.
3: same day every year. But, you know, I mean, you, the you go and you visit your family or whatever, and you could have Christmas on any time during that time period. And... So you know, I mean, there's a lot of Christmas themes there. There's no there's not, so Shane. Not is, not is, to- is
0: Toy Story a Christmas movie? Because he opens up Buzz Lightyear on Christmas.
4: Yeah, yeah but, but Christmas or is his birthday. Well, oh,
0: one of them is it. Christmas. Well, he opens up one. One of them item, I think one, is on Christmas. One of them. Yeah. One of the Toy Story movies is, is he opens up a toy on Christmas. When he runs, run, Does run, that, runs that make downstairs. it a Christmas movie?
3: I mean, that was no. That was it doesn't just,
0: make it a Christmas that movie. That the answer. Yeah, but, answer. but that was, no.
3: That, that was just a little flashback though.
0: Doesn't matter. There's yeah, Christmas featured in it. it. but if it's just, you, if all it's you just, said, was, is, is it around
3: is Christmas featured?
4: Or, it's featured in the through, movie. It's featured throughout the movie though. It's no, set sir. on no, one sir. single
3: day. No,
4: uh, sir. Doesn't matter if it doesn't matter what day it's set on. Those events could have happened at any time. <laughs> those events were not predicated on it being Christmas. And I have That seen, could have been any party. I haven't party. seen Toy Story for the longest time, but
3: Matt in the YouTube says Buzz. Was the birthday. It was on the birthday. Yeah,
4: Buzz was the birthday. I think there was a different one that he got on Christmas. But the, the, the. Homie. What? He said homie in there, too. Oh, okay. Thank you for adding that, Shane. The point, (laughs) ten seconds later. The point of a Christmas movie (laughs) is that the theme of the movie, the central events of the movie, are happening because it is Christmas. It is not a movie that just happens to take place around Christmas time. That is the difference, okay? That holiday party at holiday party Nakatomi trying, Plaza. Is trying, to get, trying to
3: get everybody out of there safely
4: so they can be with their family. That could have been family. any holiday. That could have been any party. It could have been any party. It but didn't it wasn't, to be Christmas. It, it was a Christmas party, though. Yes, but the point is it could have been any time. Christmas movies could not take place at any time. They have to take place at Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie. Die Hard movie could take place at any time. Nothing about that so movie. So Die Hard
3: 2 isn't a Christmas movie either?
4: None of them are Christmas movies. <sighs> All right. All right. I'm glad we settled oh, that. See? Again, what happens on the show, Fact. if it's settled, if it's So let settled, it be written, so let it be done. All right. So Die Hard movie, not in there. Not a Christmas movie. Glad we got that out of the way. We're done here. Um, <laughs> Matt Rules Smock says, if Die Hard isn't on your list of Christmas movies, I just don't think I can trust your judgment anymore. Well, <laughs> well don't you, worry. Eric said our bracket's already busted. <laughs> you, you heard my infallible logic and if you can't follow that then I don't think I can trust your judgment any role anymore Matt Rule Smock. Uh, there's right. so many movies out there yes. that feature that are a actually Christmas scene. about Christmas. But no, I'm just saying oh, that yeah. feature Christmas yes. scenes that don't make them Christmas movies. Yes. People just like to do the die hard thing because at one point it was like a a hot take and they're like, "Oh, Die Hard is my favorite yeah, Christmas movie."
0: Matt, guess what? You can still watch it around Christmas time because it is awesome. You can watch it whenever you want. Yep. And that's the beauty of Die Hard. It's I, not a Christmas movie. But you know what you can't watch whenever you want? Like, or that you shouldn't probably watch whenever you want? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, that would like, be I, weird. I don't know if that's slapping in
4: May. No, it's not really. It doesn't hit the same. It doesn't hit the same in, on the 4th of July. You know what Does hits the same is, on the 4th of July? Is it Die ju- Hard. Is
3: it just throwing <laughs> you off because there's no snow in Die Hard? No,
4: I don't care about the snow. Shane, we already settled this with you. You said all right. Yeah, you, you accepted the you accepted the ruling. So, um, the you took the <laughs> plea deal. <laughs> so here, let's get our uh, let's get our actual movies included in the bracket. Mm-hmm. Let's list them off. Let's go. Let's do our one seats first.
0: Uh, Elf, Home Alone, It's a Wonderful Life and a christmas story those came in classics. as uh the one seat classics on the one seat bracket let's do our two seats christmas vacation okay the grinch we chose uh the jim carrey version the live action for yeah. this bracket yeah um rudolph the red-nosed reindeer makes that appearance here and miracle on 34th street old school
4: that mm-hmm. one is old school okay three seats
0: White Christmas, okay. because I was told that if we leave that off the list, Ravi's uh, wife would never forgive us. Yeah,
4: no, so that is her favorite Christmas movie by <laughs> far. Um, I'm not going to show any bias when voting on which one goes which way, but I did have to include it, otherwise I was going to be in trouble.
0: Santa Claus is coming to, coming to town, the Claymation. That is a oh, the, the yes. three seed.
4: I, I did love the Claymation Christmas movie when I was a kid. I didn't realize that's what it was called, so I thank mm-hmm. you for educating me.
0: Uh, the Santa Claus. This one's kind of a sleeper. Tim Allen's The Santa Claus as a three seed. I think people forget about it. Very quality movie. And The Muppet Christmas. That is a... Muppet uh, Christmas Carol, yeah. That is a Ravi That is
4: uh, a, a Ravi submission, yes. That was very uh, important to me growing up.
0: And then your four seeds, that's Frosty a great movie. the Snowman, a Charlie Brown's Christmas...
4: All Hallmark
0: Christmas movies. Yeah, because they're, they're all the same movie. <laughs> and the Polar Express. Yeah, all of our Christmas movies are the same. You know, it, a, a, a girl comes back from the city big girl. city. Big city she's girl. She's a lawyer. Uh, her car gets stuck in the snow, so she's forced to stay in this town. It gets towed
4: and, by some guy she went to high school with. Right, and,
0: and sure enough, the town she's staying in is the one that she's repre- or, like representing against. Yes. She's supposed to take over this town for this other big corporation, but then she falls in love with the guy from high school. And then she has to save. To the and town she's saving the town <laughs> and she gives
4: <laughs> up her big city job and all of a sudden to be a christmas tree farmer
0: yep and all of a sudden <laughs> she's making cookies with old ladies in a shop and then you know what they they kiss at the end it snows and there's some
4: great. very minor misunderstanding at some point that makes the whole thing seem like it's going to fall apart and she's going to head back to the big city but it's all resolved over some milk and cookies and at, usually at some sort of christmas pageant as well uh, yeah, so all, all Hallmark Christmas movies are the same. And I think most of them have Gretchen Wieners from Mean Girls in there. There's a, she's in a ton <laughs> of
0: those. <laughs> um, also, before we get into our picks, Eric comments, and Eric's a diehard fan. He, he believes Die Hard should be a Christmas movie. He says, I can watch Elf whenever I want.
4: It's a great movie. Uh, no, I, I, you watch Elf around Christmas. I will say Elf is maybe the one that I could no, watch no, other I, times. I
0: can't. I can't. I can't. I, can. Elf I, I mean, uh, other people maybe, and I love Will Ferrell, but th- if I'm watching a Will Ferrell
4: movie, it's not Elf. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Unless it's Christmas. That's fair. Um, all right, so that is the bracket. Let's start. We're going to go through these. Elf take it on
0: the Polar Express is,
3: is that part of it right there? It has, if it's a Christmas movie, a, a real Christmas movie, you only watch it at Christmas yes. time. Yes, so, I think primarily. So like, yeah. So like yes. Die Hard not being in your guys' mind, yeah. not being a real because Christmas, I watch
0: it other. You can watch it whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You're not just watching, like I said, Frosty the Snowman in May.
4: Yeah, no, you're not just watching the Santa Claus for gigs. You know. For kicks and gigs? No,
0: I, yeah, I'm watching that. Uh, when After Thanksgiving is when my Christmas movie kick sets in. So mine starts after Halloween. Which is fine, too. Because... You put up Christmas lights, yes. you're getting the tree ready. like my, my kick of Christmas yes. is
4: right after Thanksgiving. My, my wife is adamant that uh, we start Christmas, the celebration, November 1. Uh, and that's the latest I could get it pushed, so... I, uh, yeah, we get the Christmas movies rocking and rolling on November 1 as soon as, as soon as, uh, she, every year at midnight on Halloween, she starts playing Christmas music because that is my, that That's is my cool. cutoff date. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, my mom. I'm like, listen, I, I, I'll give you all of November and December, okay? I'll give you all of those. But if you play that before November, we're going to have problems because there's just not enough different Christmas music for me. And so you hear the same songs over, mm-hmm. like like all I'll I want for Christmas.
0: Have a blue.
4: <laughs> Elvis, nice. <laughs> um, the you know you get the you get the Mariah Carey all over. You get the White Christmas. You get
0: exactly. All I want exactly. for Christmas is you.
4: Not not quite as good as uh, not quite Ooh, as good as Mariah does it, but you're in the baby. you're in the neighborhood there. Uh, so yeah, I start watching them November one, but you know a lot of people do right after Thanksgiving. You can watch Die Hard any time of the year. You don't have to. There's enough. There's enough good Christmas movies. You don't have to throw Die Hard in there. All right. Um,
0: okay. So here's how the bracket works. All right. Ravi and I each get a choice. Mm-hmm. We don't know each other's choices. Yep. And no matter what, no matter what you choose, um, if if in the first one I choose the Polar Express just because I like that more than Elf, and you choose Elf, it's tied
4: one to one. You get one. Trump card to yeah. play. So here's how I envisioned it happening, is if you try and play a Trump card, the other person has to accept your Trump card, mm-hmm. and in exchange, they get a tr- an extra Trump card. An extra Trump yeah. card. So like, if I am like, hey, I am, I am dying on the Elf Hill, mm-hmm. you have to accept that I am using a Trump card there, and if you do not accept it, the vote goes to Shane to tie break. There it is. So it's not a true Trump card. It's like, hey, it's like a it's like a token, but you get to use that token back on me. Correct. Okay. Yeah. We each get one. Yeah.
0: And then we'll figure out how many Shane messes up for us down the stretch. Yeah, which
4: is probably a lot, but it's fine. <laughs>
0: All right, Elf and Polar Express.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Elf for me.
0: Uh, it would be Elf for me as well. Yeah, um, this is, this um, is the Polar Express nightmare. is a great movie. Very solid. Very good animated movie. It just can't compete with Elf.
4: So there is a weird thing with Polar Express that it was like on the early edge of CGI in terms of the, uh, the animation. And so there's something a little eerie about like the faces like the children's faces in the CGI, it freaks me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So while it is a good movie, there is part of me that's just like, are you going to try and jump out of the screen and murder me? <laughs> Crazy children in the Polar Express.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. hey, what do you want for Christmas this year? Yeah,
4: no, I, I, and then I would dropkick him like we did Chucky, like we said we were Chucky yesterday. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, even though I do think Polar Express is a good movie, it, it came up against the one seat of Juggernaut and Elf here.
0: What gives? All, All right. I found were some stupid pair
4: of underwear. <laughs> so no no arguments on that one. What That's do we got It's
0: 12, 15 minutes ago.
4: <laughs> okay. Yes, we're going with Elf. Elf. Yes, moving on.
0: <laughs> um, next on the Christmas movie bracket, White Christmas versus Miracle on 34th Street.
4: See, this is an interesting matchup because they're both old school Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go White Christmas on this one. Uh, miracle on 34th Street I probably liked more as a kid you know you got the the Santa Claus deal and, and all that there um, as an adult I've seen white Christmas dramatically more and it actually holds up okay uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go white Christmas here I am
0: going to go miracle on 34th Ooh, Street okay um, okay I love the story of um, you know the divorced mother mm-hmm. Um and the nice man that plays Santa Claus at Macy's. And then it's the, you know, the parade and everything. And the girl that doesn't believe in Santa. And then, you know, the whole turnaround story there. Hopefully I didn't movie ruin the 1947 movie for anybody <laughs> out Spoilers, there. man. Geez. I know. Yeah, it just came out. <laughs> um, so uh, if you missed it. Um, just
4: 75 years late, guys. Yeah. Just right there.
0: It's cool, though. Um but it is—it's a fantastic movie, and truthfully, I haven't right seen there. White Christmas. Okay, so I have to go with Miracle uh, on fair. 34th Street.
4: Um, you know, I'm trying to think if you know I want to use my token here or not. Um, you know, I think we let this one go to Shane.
0: I'm good with going to Shane here too. Shane, you get the choice of moving on White Christmas or Miracle on
4: 34th Street. Probably not a fan of either one, but... Just I, remember, Shane, if you don't pick White Christmas, Natasha's probably not going to make you cookies anymore, so... And just remember, <laughs>
0: Shane, if you uh, are bullied at any point in time... Uh, not bullied, just you know, <laughs> point out
4: facts. Just point out facts.
0: I'll, I'll be your right-hand man in a fight.
3: Uh, gosh, I'm going to have to go with White Christmas. There we go. That's it,
0: the dang cookies, man. The pastries. <laughs>
4: He's out. That's I, a Trump card. I bring I, that's that's, a, that's totally on me. I bring him in for him all the time. He he loves those things. Unbelievable. All right. It's so exciting. White Christmas moving on. Christmas vacation against a Muppet Christmas Carol. So I don't like the Christmas vacation movie. I don't I don't enjoy any of the like vacation movies. I'm not a fan. Uh, so the I most am, ridiculous claim of all. time. I am gonna go up at Christmas yeah, Carol. Yeah, you're here. wrong,
0: and Christmas Vacation is moving on. I'm playing my trump card. Like okay. you don't even have a choice. All right, Christmas Vacation is my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> it's one of the funniest movies of all time. The lines in that movie are absolutely incredible. I repeat them. all all year long that's a movie that if i was forced to watch shane in may i probably would that's like having but two- i also wouldn't enjoy it like i would
3: yeah after thanksgiving that's like having two big ten teams face off each other in in the first round like michigan versus wisconsin right there
0: yeah and a muppet christmas carols wisconsin and ravi somehow <laughs> some way was able to get me to pull a trump card on it um it's unbelievable Listen, christmas vacation all about though, strategy all about strategy all right what do we got next Uh, Frosty the Snowman
4: and A Christmas Story. Um, so this is probably, uh, not probably, it's definitely another hot take. I hate A Christmas Story. I do not enjoy it at Hmm. all. Uh, so I'm going Frosty here.
0: I wouldn't go as far to say I hate A Christmas Story. It's not like one that if I see it on TV, I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna click and just join, you know, mid, mid movie. Um... Frosty is iconic, but that's also another one where I'm just like, yeah, I'd probably scroll
4: past it too. Frosty's pretty nostalgic for me. It um, is, and I, don't from, get me wrong. From childhood. Yeah,
0: it, it's great, and it's a shorter movie. It is a shorter um, movie. So you can feel yeah, like comfortable yeah, watching it just, and then being like, okay, let's yeah, try something else. You can
4: just get through it. I, I, even when I was a kid, I just have never enjoyed A Christmas Story.
0: Uh, I'll choose uh, Red Rider BB Gun, though. Um, all right, you know, I'm, let, I'm gonna trump
4: card this one. Get,
0: get, whoa!
4: Yeah, this one's trump. I'm guard. telling you, I hate a Christmas story.
0: <laughs> Good, because then when it faces off against Christmas Vacation, you're screwed. That's fine. I'll, I'll
4: take Christmas Vacation over a Christmas story any day of the week. Um, okay, so Frosty the Snowman Frosty's moves moving on. on uh, We're gonna have a lot of Shane decisions coming up. Yeah, here. Shane's
0: going to have a ton of decisions. Um, we used our trump cards early. In the first, we used them early. <laughs> used it in the West Division. <laughs>
4: we used it all in one division. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, it?
0: let's get through uh, the bottom half of the bracket here. It's a Wonderful Life against Charlie Brown's Christmas.
4: So I'm going to go Charlie Brown's Christmas here. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. I understand it's a classic movie. It is a real bummer for like 98% of that movie, and I just don't want to be depressed at Christmas. Like, that movie is a super downer for 98% of the movie, and then it's happy at the end when they get in the spoiler, they get everything figured out. But I don't want to, like, that's a, that's a real downer of a movie to watch at Christmas. So I'm going Charlie Brown Christmas. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a great movie.
0: Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but I am a peanuts guy through and through.
4: Absolutely.
0: So... I am personally going to lean, and this is going to be a shock to the nation. It's a big upset. One of our one seeds going down. Charlie Brown will move on for me.
4: That you heard it here first. Andrew says "It's a Wonderful Life" is trash. No,
0: no. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I, yeah, I use the word uh, wonderful. Um, no, it's just it's too depressing fantastic.
4: for me. Like it's too depressing to watch a Christmas. For I don't
0: know. Me. I, I don't. I don't find it super depressing. I, I mean, I, I find real... it. I find it uh,
4: heart wrenching. I mean, it's a real downer, man. I don't know. <laughs> the premise of the whole movie is the guy's trying to kill himself. Like, that's the whole movie.
0: Uh, okay.
4: It's okay. a pretty big downer. I, I mean, yeah, but, like, I, I like the story. Like, I'm there for the story. Fair, fair.
0: It's a wonderful life, man. <laughs> it's a wonderful <laughs> life. Okay, let's, uh, let's move on. This one. Is uh, gonna cause maybe a, a little fist fight here. Uh oh. Uh oh. The Santa Claus okay. against
4: the Grinch, Jim Carrey version. I don't know that this is gonna cause a fist. I don't know. I don't know where you're at no, on this No,
0: I mean one. like just maybe out oh, in public. Oh, in the in public. In, in public. Yeah, it might. Um, I'll go I, first. <laughs> let me go first here. <laughs> okay. I uh, I just watched the Santa Claus. Okay. Um, I'm not much of a Jim Carrey Grinch person. I know that uh the Grinch as like a human is very like popular, super sarcastic. The Jim Carreyisms mm-hmm. are are popular. But that's just not for me. Like if I chose a Grinch movie, mm-hmm. um it'd probably be the new animated Grinch movie. I really enjoy that one. Very solid. Um but I will go with the Santa Claus because Tim Allen is hysterical. Uh one of my favorite actors and that, that movie to the series it had
4: was incredible too. The Santa Claus takes it home for me. Yeah, I actually agree here. I'm a big Santa Claus guy.
0: All right. I am. Like,
4: I, I like the Jim Carrey Grinch a lot. Um, it probably is my favorite ver- version of the Grinch. Um, there's some quotable lines there. I very much enjoy the dog, uh, his little dog in the movie. Um, I, I, like, I like the Grinch a lot, but. The Santa Claus is like an all-time fave Christmas movie for me. It's it's really really good, really really funny um probably underseeded here maybe it didn't have the best non-con record um, nope. you know what but it was you know it, this Proud is like they lose games they shouldn't this is like early early 2000s Gonzaga undervalued but overperforming <laughs> um, that's the santa claus here and we have VCU and Charlie Brown's <laughs> uh, so watch out for me. making headway watch out for George Mason here uh, we <laughs> will have more of our christmas movie bracket coming up next
1: You're listening to Hurt At Sports Radio.
0: Is this elevator music or Christmas music? What Christmas song is this, Shane? <laughs> we can't play real Christmas music. I know, but this is I don't even recognize <laughs> this, this. This seems like <laughs> the the high shot of a Christmas party in an office. Right? Yes. Like you just got to see the camera going around the room. This, uh, this is Is that is that
3: a like good, is that a good Christmas movie? It was an office Christmas party. Oh, that
4: was okay. Um, I haven't seen it. It was that. okay. Um We had some. So uh, Travis here brought uh, a really good point to this whole Die Hard situation. Do you want to guess when Die Hard was released? Die Hard was released. Well, Bruce Willis was young. No, I mean, like what part of the year? It was 1988. (laughs) But what part of the year? Uh, June. It was in July. Oh. You know when they don't release Christmas movies? In July. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> debate over we are done here um also if you suddenly hear both of us get the uh like comical hook around our necks pulled off the stage it's because our boss has suspended us uh for blaspheming it's a wonderful life <laughs> uh but that's okay uh we're, we're negotiating our our suspension package right now so um uh, we as we continue on here uh some some uh, good comments on the YouTube stream, uh, and <laughs> Brent says, I listened on the radio, but I had to pop in to say you guys are going to lose <laughs> listeners over this tournament. <laughs> he says, if Home Alone doesn't win, I don't know if we can respect your takes again. <laughs> We're about um, to get to Home Alone. Travis says, I have nothing but the best Christmas movie takes. Uh, I Listen, Brent, it's okay. Christmas movie takes and sports takes are very different. It's all yeah. right. I mean, to
0: Bears fans, sometimes they're,
4: they're the same. Yeah, also, like, if you're, if you're a Bears fan, no offense, but... Hey, Brent's a Bears fan, too. I know. I, I don't know how much I can trust your judgment. Whoa. If you're a Bears fan. Easy guy. <laughs> the wall of shame... <laughs> Not Shane. Shame. shame uh, with no, an that's M. the wall
0: of Shane. It's his little box over there. <laughs> All right. So what's I'm the- putting it up here, and I may box in. <laughs> what, what's next on our bracket? <laughs> uh, still in the first round. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer against the San- or against Santa Claus is coming to town.
4: Ooh, this is a tough one. Couple of classics, I believe, both originally aired on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the and then the claymation one, mm-hmm. right? So the claymation one is is, a, it's got a very classic look. And I'm very nostalgic over that one. Um, you know, I think I'm gonna go. Santa Claus is coming to town. Here. You like that? I do. I like the claymation one a lot. So, uh, and that, I had forgotten about it until you brought it up to me yesterday.
0: Uh, that movie is a staple in in the Rogers household. Uh, it is my my dad's favorite. Mm-hmm. He. Uh, <laughs> I just pulled up a picture and it's it's um the heat miser <laughs> um, and I, I find that funny um no but um that is that a different movie the heat miser like all of those different like creatures uh, is that,
4: i don't remember uh,
0: who am I thinking of uh, I have no idea who who's like the guy in town that Hates Christmas.
4: I thought that was the Heat Miser. Is that? No,
0: that's Burgermeister. Burgermeister. That's who I was thinking of. Heat Miser. Heat Miser and. uh, Oh, goodness gracious. Now I'm messing myself up. Heat Miser. Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay. Yeah. So that's in that movie.
4: Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay.
0: Um, I I wasn't wrong. Um, But Burgermeister was who I was actually thinking of when I said Heat Miser. Okay. Anyway. Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, is a Rogers staple, but Rudolph is.
4: Uh, gosh, that's a tough one too. Um, I mean, Rudolph's a classic. Rudolph is a classic. Um, is that well,
0: how would you consider Rudolph um, like uh, in terms of how the movie was like filmed? Like, so Santa Claus coming to town is claymation. What is yeah? Rudolph? Um, that one is that. Is one? Rudolph more like just like moving? Like each individual character, yeah. Uh, as um, the movie,
4: that one might be a claymation as well. Actually, I think they both are. Are they both claymations? Yeah, I think so. I think they both are claymations.
0: Okay, because Rudolph is a. That's a great movie as well. It is. Yeah, um, it's a classic. But I will. I will lean Santa Claus is coming to town just because it has. Um, it gives some nostalgic vibes for me.
4: Yeah, I um, think so. So,
0: so that, is what, uh, that is what I'll rest with. Um, Mike Delaware chimes in. Most underrated Christmas movie, Jingle All the Way. Um,
4: I, I'm not a big Sinbad guy. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, yes, uh, if both are claymations, uh, what a great pairing that was in I the first think, round.
4: I, I think it they, they looks like it. I'm not sure.
0: Santa Claus is coming to town is, uh, is the winner.
4: It's moving uh, on. It's yeah. moving on.
0: And right. then Home Alone against all <laughs> Hallmark Christmas movies. I'm sorry, Mom, uh, but it, to no one's surprise, Home Alone will be moving on this round.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, uh, not, not going to stand for the Hallmark uh, Christmas movies here. I did feel like they had to be included. Because mm-hmm. they are a big part of a lot of people's holiday traditions, um, not good holiday tradition behind you, but uh, they are part of traditions. Um, <laughs> and because you know, a lot of a lot of partners in law firms in New York decide to be Christmas tree farmers just on a whim. Um, but <laughs> I think we're gonna stick with Home Alone here, the classic.
0: Okay, we'll go back up to the top in round two. We'll call it. Um, how oh,
4: how can we? Spin Elite Eight into Christmas. Um, Elite Eight Crazy Nights. I think today is the first day of Hanukkah. Okay. So, you know, holiday season. Yeah,
0: sure. That's Christmas (laughs) (laughs)
4: adjacent. It's it's holiday season. (laughs) Holiday season, right? I don't know. It's fine.
0: Um, Elf and White Christmas meet in the second round.
4: Yeah, so this is Elf for me. Um, as much as I appreciate White Christmas, um, yeah, Elf is one of my, my favorite Christmas movies of all time. So it's uh, it's Elf for me. Not a lot of debate here.
0: Um, my mom chimes in, all of those are claymations, is what she said with Rudolph. and
4: Yeah, and I think it was a very down, common so. uh, use back then, yeah. Uh,
0: we appreciate my mom. I'm not going to say what she said about what we
4: said about Hallmark movies. Pre- appreciate your mama, Rogers, on the uh, claymation help there. <laughs>
0: yep, I was going to skip right past the Hallmark <laughs> movies line that she texted me as well. Um, Elf moves on for me as well. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Um, that,
4: <laughs> that we is, like to stick to our four main foods. the one groups. moving on. Candy, candy canes, candy corn, and syrup. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is indeed true. <laughs> Why wouldn't it let me move Elf on? I don't know.
0: It made me click White Christmas. <laughs> Listen, the, the computer has thoughts on our movie
4: bracket <laughs>
0: No, I don't want White Christmas Take it away All right, well, we know it's elf uh, Christmas Vacation and Frosty the Snowman
4: I mean, this is Frosty for me I know you're going to go Christmas Vacation Shane Shane, what what, what do we have here? <laughs> um. Now, Frosty is pretty solid I mean, there's a lot of a It's lot a of, classic It's a uh, classic
3: Like, the second one's terrible uh, We're not doing
4: sequels here. Come on, man.
3: Even like Christmas Vacation 2 is terrible, (laughs) but I'm going to go in this case since we're going the original here, Frosty versus Christmas Vacation, I'm going to have to side with Christmas Vacation.
0: Yeah, all right. I thought for sure Frosty the Snowman was about to come out of his mouth. I
4: don't know. There was a uh – there was a there was a long pause there. I was in my ready. head. I was going to think of a different F word. <laughs> Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic yep, yep, Snowman. Fantastic. Yep. That All was right. It. So that Christmas, was it, Va-
0: Christmas vacation moves on. Yep. Christmas vacation is uh, the winner there. Okay. And then you have Charlie Brown against
4: the Santa Claus. Oh, this is the Santa Claus for me. I I think the Santa Claus is a, a, a very underrated Christmas movie. Uh, it's very enjoyable. I think it holds up as an adult. There's some stuff in there I didn't pick up on as a kid that's funny. Um, Bernard the Elf. I enjoy I enjoy Bernard quite a bit. Um, Bernard the <laughs> Elf. <laughs> and I like to say it that way sometimes. <laughs> Bernard. Hey, Bernard. Bernard. Wow. Uh, yeah,
0: Charlie in that movie is like the cutest kid. Uh,
4: yeah, uh, and he's he's surprisingly. Thanks. He's surprisingly not. I like, promise s- I'll take really good care of it. <laughs> super annoying. Like some kids in those movies are like really annoying. Mm-hmm. He he's pretty steady. Like I I don't mind him. So, um, I uh, yeah gotta go Santa Claus here. And once you get to Santa Claus
0: two, and you see Chet the reindeer. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> So
4: like I said, I'm not here for the sequels. Let's get oh, little... Santa
0: Claus 2 is better than Santa Claus. 1. Oh, that's
4: not accurate. Come
0: oh, on, 100%. Man. Come on, the story is great. Uh, I mean, that's called that's a movie that got better as it went. Um, in terms of. For the sequel. Now the third one with Jack Frost, eh? Give or take. <laughs> Santa Claus 2. That is, that's an icon. Kind of like Home Alone 2. I like Home Alone 2 more than Home Alone. Oh, that's a
4: terrible take.
0: Not at all. That is not at all. The Lost in New York version of Home Alone take. was fan. Fantastic. You, um, these are awful takes. Santa Claus will move on for me as well. And then you have Santa Claus is Coming to Town and Home Alone to build out the
4: final. I got Home Alone here. Home Alone is, is an elite elite Christmas movie. That's, that's a no-brainer for me. Santa Claus is Coming to Town or Home Alone. You got 10 I seconds. Will, you got to figure it out. Can I speak? <laughs> Shane, come get your man. I'm gonna go with Home Alone. <laughs> there we go. Home Alone moves on. We've got a Final Four. Coming up next, we're gonna talk a little more Army Navy football, but at 9 o'clock, we will knock out this Christmas bracket here on Herd At Sports Radio.
1: You're listening to Herd At Sports Radio.
4: Kicking off hour number three here on Heard at Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula. Andrew Rogers here. We're on AM 590 ESPN Omaha ESPN Tri-Cities as well as KFOR in Lincoln for hour number three. Is this a little bit more festive? I it don't know. It is festive. I still don't I'm, I'm recognize it as a Christmas song, but it, it, feels, you know, it feels like one of those songs they might use in a Hallmark Christmas movie. No, this song, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, feels more like I'm at a festival like a, like a christmas festival? Yeah, like I uh, just kind of bouncing and up like and one down. of those like Bavarian villages that they <laughs> <Yes>. set up.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs>
4: yeah, and I'd like see like the little ornaments in the window. <laughs> <laughs> little christmas village. Um, <laughs> we are continuing we're down to the final 4. Final 4. In our Christmas movie. We had an 11 bracket move on. We did have we had the 11 seed move. Which one was that? Was that Santa Claus? Santa Claus, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean it was technically probably- it was a 3 because right.
0: it but there were four 3 seeds so we yeah, just went like, 1 to 16. It's like the NCAA
4: Baseball yeah. tournament, right? Like there's there's a bunch of 3 seeds but they're really like 11 through 12 or right. whatever. Um you know, the, I I we probably underseeded the Santa Claus a little bit, but there were a lot of other classics ahead of it, mm-hmm. so uh, you know, it, it it is what it is. Had some upsets. We like to see, you know, we like to see the the underdogs come through here, and the Santa Claus is holding up the underdog, uh, holding up the underdogs right now. We got so. a juggernaut of a matchup. All right, what do we have here? Elf and Christmas vacation. Ooh.
0: Not as much for you as it is it's for me. Not, it's not. It's not but a question. This is, this for is me. a juggernaut.
4: So I was. So my buddy was texting me. Uh, shout out to Ben because I know he uh, he's listening. He was. Was very he on ups- time? He was very upset about my Christmas vacation takes. And Good. What, what we, as he should be. What we figured out is I don't like Chevy Chase. <laughs> that's my big, that's my issue here. Chevy Chase doesn't like you. That's fair. He, I heard he, didn't he doesn't like a, most people. I, was, I heard he doesn't like a lot of people. I heard he's <laughs> kind of an a-hole, if we're being honest here. Um, can I say that on the radio, Shane? I don't know. Uh,
0: the blessing.
4: He, uh, you can
3: say anything once.
4: Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> don't tell me that, Shane. <laughs> Okay. Cool. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> um, the
3: <Typically>, Chevy Chase. <laughs> okay. So typically, if you're if you're a, uh, I'll give you an example. Okay. Like James Earl Jones. Okay. Yep. He says he's a teddy bear. He says he's just the nicest guy ever. But he's also played two of the, two of the most recognized, or at least one of the most recognizable bad guys, villains. I mean.
4: He's Darth Vader. He's Darth Vader. So He's also a So uh,
3: you're you're kinda just the you you, you're really really good actors are just the opposite of what they are personality wise. Why don't you just knock on the door? I would have gotten it for you. (laughs) So if Chevy Chase is a is a hole, like he said. You the ones
4: being, making all that racket. <laughs> yeah, I've heard Chevy Chase is not a fun guy to be around, and it's not but even that. that But I don't it doesn't like come him. off that way in the movies, though. Yeah, it, it's not even that. Well, because but... <laughs> he's acting,
3: <laughs> and that's that's what makes him a good
4: actor. That's not even why I don't like him—is that he's a jerk in real life? I just don't think he's funny. I've never thought he was funny. One of my other buddies uh, is, is like one of his favorite movies of all time is Fletch, and. So I watched it because he was, like, building it up. He's like, oh, it's this great, hilarious movie, and I watched it. And <laughs> it was, is like, so funny. What man. am I doing here?
0: Hey, Griswold, what are you going to do with a tree that big?
4: <laughs> I just – it's, not, it's <laughs> not for me. Uh, so this is an easy elf for me. Uh, it is a no-brainer, no no-doubter for me. I know you're going to have some feelings, though, so, so let's hear it. It's Christmas vacation for me. Shane? Uh, and the reason it's Christmas <laughs>
0: vacation for me – is because it's my favorite movie. It's my favorite Christmas movie. Elf is like up there. Elf is top. Elf is top three for me mm-hmm. in terms of favorite Christmas movies. But the third favorite Christmas movie can't be your can't beat your favorite. Now that uh, won't resonate well with my fiance, whose favorite Christmas movie
4: is Elf. Um, Yeah, where's Ashley? We Ashley, call in. We need some. uh, But I need some reinforcements here, (laughs) Ashley. Uh, (laughs) Christmas
0: vacation has so many great one-liners. It's so sarcastic. Um, I just, I love the dry humor. yeah, that's why I rest with that. Shane, you are the ultimate breaker. decider, though, you here. The only reason Christmas Vacation got this far, too, is because I used my trump card. Yeah. And if I didn't use the trump card, I ran the risk of Shane picking a Muppet Christmas Carol over
4: it. Which is uh, a better movie. Uh, Full Muppet stop. Christ- <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol's solid. Muppet Christmas Carol is a classic. Yeah, it's it's um, right up Shane's alley. J- Chevy Chase just isn't funny to me at all. I just I don't enjoy hey, have it. Have you said that already? I'm just not a fan.
3: Uh, Shane, what do we have? Well, I mean, you said Christmas Vacation has the one liners, but everybody says Elf has the one liners. Elf has a lot of cool Elf has great one liners, but
0: the you know, way. You're so pretty, you should be on a Christmas card. So, Christmas Vacation quickly is my humor. Like that, your, like, that's my or, personality. Yeah. yeah. So, that's why it's funnier to me than Elf. Like Elf has some great one-liners, and I laugh at it, but it's not like my personality. Sure, sure. Yeah. So
3: that's why. And then go on, ahead. And then on the other side, you have you have the two main actors there. You have Chevy Chase and Will Ferrell, and some people, obviously as we know, don't find Chevy Chase being funny. But then there are also people that don't find Will Ferrell as being funny.
4: Well, those people are wrong, but that's fine.
3: So I mean, you have two similar movies here. And that makes it. Uh, I mean, this makes it a giant battle right here. Well, this, you, you is, gotta, this is. You got
4: to. You got to pick, my guy.
3: I'm gonna go with
4: <laughs> Christmas vacation. Yeah! Terrible. What a stunner! Terrible stunner! Terrible. All right! This is a trash bracket. <laughs> I'm. I'm for. I'm lodging a formal protest. Shane! Shane, what are you doing? Unbelievable! Did not see that coming. He took his headset off, so he can't. He can't
0: hear you you now. It's like he's not in the room. He's in his little Snoopy house.
4: I'll I'll take the twenty bucks right now. You paid him off. How
0: dare you? Uh, Yeah,
4: baby! All right, what's next? I don't even want to do this anymore. Good. I'm happy you don't want to do this anymore.
0: Come on! Christmas vacation's trash. We have the Santa Claus trash against. Movie. No, Santa Claus is a great movie. No, I still hate talking that you. About, no, I'm no, still no, no, talking no, no, no. no, no. Yeah, let's go back and run the tape there, Shane. Let's just cut that up right, no, right there. Trash. I said the Santa Claus, and Robbie went trash. a trash movie. Uh, he did use a uh, trash. a trash can lid to get <laughs> down a hill very fast into a Walmart parking lot. All right, the Santa Claus against Home Alone.
4: Um, I enjoy. I don't have a, you know, I don't have a strong preference here in terms of which one I think is better. I enjoy the Santa Claus more. Mm. Um, Just I think it's more fun for me to watch. There was, I'll be honest, Home Alone's really, really good, and I really enjoy it. There was a part of me when I was a kid watching it that was a little stressed out because I was afraid I'd be forgotten somewhere. Uh, So that was, there was a little bit of stress for me as a child. So it probably wasn't as fun for me to watch as the Santa Claus. Uh, you know, maybe that's the root of my anxiety is Home Alone. Uh, probably not. But, <laughs> but I'm going to go Santa Claus here. I, I just like it a little mm-hmm. bit better. But I don't think there's a wrong answer here, unlike the last round. Um, in this side
0: of the bracket, you have the 11, the Santa Claus. Home Alone is the favorite. I chose to go against the grain. And choose away from Elf in the previous round, which was the favorite. I'm going with the favorite this round. It's Home Alone. Home Alone, I, I as you said, both movies are great. I enjoy them. Um, but Home Alone was such a uh, a creative way to, uh, to take down... W- were they the Wet Bandits at the time? Yeah, they were the Wet Bandits. The Wet yeah. Bandits yeah. at the time and... Uh, I see, like I said, I prefer the Sticky Bandits. It's just <laughs> a personal preference. Uh, the Wet Bandits. And um, just, just his way to just uh, kind of make their lives miserable was just ultra creative. Home Alone takes it home for me. And Which means we're leaving it in Shane. <laughs> we like. put it back we, in. We Shane's left score. a lot of
4: faith in Shane today. And I don't know. how Well I feel We only that. gave
0: each other one trump card and that's the beauty of this whole bracket. Yeah. We both blew them early. Um. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you blew it on Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> I hate a Christmas story. But that like shocks me because even if. Would you have chosen you chose Christmas vacation over Frosty. Right. Or did no, you choose, I, Frosty? I choose Frosty? You and chose Shane. Frosty. Shane. Okay. okay,
4: Christmas Vacation. So change Shane. Shane is, is really he's trumped you twice. He's really carrying the water for Christmas Vacation. Here. Wow. All right. But uh, the, the oh.
3: funny thing is, I hate Christmas Story. <clears throat> That's good. That's good. Yeah, Christmas Story is a bad movie. Um, so you probably didn't need to use your Trump card there. Well,
4: I didn't know that, Shane. I didn't have. <laughs> I didn't collude with you the way Andrew apparently oh, did. Oh, relax. He came over to collect his bribe a minute relax. ago. Relax, um, Shane. All right. So we've got Home Alone or Santa Claus. at your go call. Go warm up next to your coal over <laughs> well, there. Well, it's easy.
3: It's Home Alone. <laughs>
4: all right.
3: That's I fun. mean, that's. I mean, you got to go with. You got to go with.
0: the – Yeah. That's. Yeah. I don't have a problem with Home See, Alone. I think they're both very good. And uh, this is where it gets wild again because it'll fall back into it, Shane's court. Yeah, it's going to be Shane in, again because I'm not final. picking Christmas
4: Vacation. You're going to pick Christmas Vacation because it's mm-hmm. your favorite. Uh, so the final, just yeah.
0: before we pick, Christmas Vacation against Home Alone. This was all based off personal preference mm-hmm. it's andrew and ravi's preference and yes. then shane's trump card In and then, the end. yeah shane just <laughs> ruining everything <laughs> we chose the movies yes there's plenty of other movies
4: that could yeah. have been included on this list but not die hard cuz it's not a great
0: but movie. not die hard um, and we had to make it small because as you know we've already taken up nearly 3 segments <laughs> of the show and there was only 16 movies yeah. to start the final christmas vacation home alone you you are choosing home alone, home alone obviously i am choosing christmas vacation Shane, do you have a drum roll? Uh, get, a drum, get a drum roll going for yourself here. I, mean, I don't know. I got, I got. Um, they told me. I got Will this work? That's not a drum roll. <laughs> I feel like this is, that was more like that, Peanuts Christmas music. Yeah, that, was,
4: like, that was like what we've been waiting for. Yeah, this is, this is a little Christmassy. Like, I could do that.
3: All right, Shane, what are we doing here? Uh, I'm getting a drum roll. I was trying to buy myself some time. Oh, as here. we
0: know. <laughs>
3: as
4: we uh, know. As you buy your. Uh, are you ready to go? Let's go. No, no, no. As I was like, buy myself some time, right. what do you got? Uh, as uh, David mentions on Twitter here, very good, very good point. If Die Hard is a Christmas movie, so is Gremlins and Edward Scissorhands, which neither of which get because they all kind of happen around Christmas. Oh, but yeah. But they're not. Yeah. Like, So if you're including Die Hard, you have to include those other two, and nobody includes the other mm-hmm. two, right? Right. So plain and simple, thank you, David. Terrific point. Not a Christmas movie. Gremlins,
3: Gremlins. Gremlins My man.
0: definitely is. David Haig. Man, I miss that guy. He so David, uh, he works for Mount. Ooh see, I got it wrong when I Mount. Uh, His Twitter profile says Mount Athletics. The Mount, but it's Mount St. Mary's. See, oh, I Saint always Mary. want to say Mount Marty because yes. that's the school in South Dakota. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Mount St. Mary's. Different he, place. He
4: used to work at UNO. Uh, great take there, Day, David, great take. Appreciate appreciate the uh, support there, David. All right, Shane, we bought you as much time as we could. There it is. <laughs> what are my two? Uh, oh my gosh, Shane!
0: Christmas vacation, Home Alone. That's simple. I need you to right. listen to the show a little bit.
3: Let me tell you the <laughs> difference between the
0: two. Oh no, we don't need it. We've already <laughs> talked about the difference between the two. One movie, you've got
3: family coming together. The other movie, you got family spreading out and leaving one kid behind. I'm more for. I know. Kids are a tough hang.
0: He's more for staying home alone.
3: I know kids are a tough hang, but I'm more for the family coming together and going
4: with Christmas. Terrible. Let's go! Where are the fireworks? The
0: confetti cannon! Shoot them off!
4: You can do the last 45 minutes by yourself. Here we go! Crash. Let's get it Shane Total trash We should never have left this in the hands of Shane Come on Next year when we do the best Christmas songs of all time uh, We have to find a better tiebreaker than Shane <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Shane as the tiebreaker So all we learned here is that Shane has trash taste in movies That's fine uh, all, all we learned today is <laughs> Christmas Vacation
0: is Terrible The winner Terrible Of the Christmas movie bracket Chevy Chase Very punchable face very punchable. Hey, doesn't humor. matter. <laughs> His movie won. And you know what? He is even king, at the. Even, he was
4: the king of slap
3: slapstick humor. So you know, punchable is fine.
4: I would like to slap him. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's accurate. That's fine. Uh, all right, that is your Christmas movie bracket. We hope you enjoyed all of our nonsense today. Um, Matt says, I don't think I've heard Ravi this dejected. You're right. Uh, Brent, no, Shane, disgraceful. Again, you're right. Uh, Travis, I've never agreed more with Robbie than I have today. Again, Travis, you're right. I'm glad I have some support in YouTube because I've got nothing on the H and H Chevrolet stage. Yeah, well, nothing you're at wrong. all. Uh, this is what happens. YouTube says I'm right here. Um, YouTube. I guess we're trusting the internet now. Uh, well, listen, this, it's better than trusting <laughs> Shane. <laughs> No way. Shane's got it. Um, all right. That is our Christmas movie bracket. We hope you enjoyed our nonsense. Uh, we're going to very.
0: <laughs> Real fast. Eric says Shane needs to create a bracket now, and we argue that, the
4: winners. I, I would never have heard of the movies that Shane puts on the bracket because they'd all be like 80s movies that I were obscure, and I, he'd be like, let's do Gremlins 2 here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. The Lost, uh, but I I lost
3: Batch. <laughs> Gremlins 2 Lost Batch. We would,
4: yeah, but we would have to start this thing like six months in advance so we could actually watch the movies that Shane picks because we'd never heard of them before.
0: Uh, all I see are some salty individuals, and you know what? Some, if you're looking for a good salty snack, maybe pair it with Christmas Vacation some. this year when you watch
4: the winner of this year's gonna Christmas Bracket. Not going to watch it ever. It's all right. I'm just going to keep sending you clips. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. i will just putting you on mute. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that is, like I said, that's our Christmas movie bracket. Uh, we enjoyed doing that. Well, I did until the end there, and then everybody ruined it. But um, we will, we're going to abruptly change gears here because we've yeah, still got time left in the segment. And you have to calm down, right? And I need to talk about something that's not going to upset me so much. So, um, well, before we get to the, uh, one of the topics I planned here, I, it does seem like there is a lot of momentum for uh, Kyle McCord. Just like apparently there was a lot of momentum for Christmas vacation, inexplicably. (laughs) Um, But there was a lot of momentum for Kyle McCord to Nebraska. Uh, There is a rumor out there that he is scheduling a visit for early next week. Um, We are fairly certain that him and Marcus Satterfield have had contact. And uh, I, I believe Marcus Satterfield is rumored to have been in Columbus talking to McCord about the Nebraska quarterback position. Obviously, that's one of the highest-profile quarterbacks on the market, and when you look at his stats from this year, you know there's. It's hard to argue with the numbers that he put up. Now, you put the caveat in there of Ohio State's supporting cast, mm-hmm. a lot better than. Yeah, Nebraska's. Marvin Harrison is a pretty good, pretty good player. Huh? Not, not bad. Um, now, I do think. So Marvin not, Harrison Jr. Yes, yes, his his dad was Marvin also Harrison, a very also good player, did, but did not catch passes from Kyle <laughs> McCord. Um, so I I do think this would be a good a good get for Nebraska for sure. Obviously, a very high quality player here. Um, there's I'm still hoping they get a younger guy like a Sam Levitt to bring in as well. Um, but if Nebraska gets Kyle McCord, I think you're instantly talking about seven, at least seven wins minimum. Mm-hmm. Like, and no I don't question. think that's crazy. No question. Even with a different supporting cast, honestly, this is what we talked about so much throughout the year. Even with average quarterback play, this Nebraska team probably wins two or three more games. Kyle McCord is better than that. He is better than average quarterback play, I think pretty clearly. Um, 66% completion percentage, over 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns. Just six interceptions that's a four to one ratio by the way that's a number that we like um, and almost ten yards per attempt on on his passing comcord if Nebraska lands him that's an enormous get
0: yeah it's it's a great signing but also note that Nebraska is able to get a signing like that because of the world we live in today mm-hmm. because of the nil world yeah. that that's when you have resources, that's really it. Yeah, you can get the big names. You don't have to be the biggest programs anymore mm-hmm. to get the biggest names because now a little bit, it's a little, a little bit, well, more like a lot of it is is about paying a player to be your star. Yes. at your university, like that's it. That that's half
4: the battle. And currently, the way of the way that we do that is through the collectives and through the NIL. But one of the things that we wanted to get to was. There's been a proposal put out there. Yeah, that
0: was... Uh, and you
4: made a TikTok video about it, which I appreciate <laughs> because the articles were very confusing. <laughs> All the fuck. It is so- <laughs> I read 10 articles, man. And I still don't exactly know <laughs> what the proposal is. What I think it... Okay, so this is where I landed. Tell me if I'm crazy or not because you deep dove into this thing, which I really appreciate. Um, what I took away from this was this is sort of a mechanism to create the Power 5 Super League. Mm-hmm. Um, now... They're doing it through this umbrella of opting into paying players directly from the universities. And it the way it seemed to me was more the universities taking control over the NIL process rather than letting it be farmed out to boosters and collectives That's and things correct. like that. So they get more direct control over the mm-hmm. process. You don't have to worry about the collective. Yes, you don't have these go-betweens that can make things a little messy sometimes. If you're in Nebraska, you can – Directly control this, but you have to opt into it and commit a certain amount of money per player, per uh, per sport, per university, whatever, and that basically would create the haves and haves not have nots, the super league of Correct. college football, which I think is the way this has been going for a while. I guess I didn't expect it to necessarily look like this because one of the other big uh, one of the other big pieces of this proposal is. Those teams that opt in get to create their own rules they get to create their own scholarship limits um, transfer rules roster sizes roster sizes all of that now goes from NCAA control even though it's technically under the NCAA umbrella right but it goes from NCAA control to super league control mm-hmm. and so that to me was as interesting and, and I'll, I'll one more thing before I let, let you go here no you're good you're,
0: you're breaking it down just just the, perfectly
4: The other thing that I think is super interesting here has nothing to do with college football and that's the schools that opt into this have to be Title IX compliant with the money, so it demands resources would go to volleyball and women's basketball and things like that in the same proportion that they go to football and men's basketball mm-hmm. and baseball, which I think is really, really interesting. And for a place like Nebraska that has some dominant women's it makes sense programs— it that this could be a really good deal for Nebraska. Yeah, it,
0: it's perfect for a school like Nebraska. As for a school like a, we'll just take Alabama for example. Um, maybe a little bit more difficult to yep. to navigate the Title Nines. Uh, like to because capitalism is a, is a real thing, right? Like if you're if you are performing at. Um, you know the best at your job you should get paid more than the next person mm-hmm. right and it's a, it's a minimum of like thirty thousand dollars per year per athlete which is no required cap. but there is no cap on how much you choose to pay somebody yes. um, thirty thousand dollars you just have to match entrance fee. so like if if Ravi is worth two hundred thousand dollars to me mm-hmm. I can give Ravi two hundred thousand dollars but I also have to find an equitable person a female athlete to give two hundred thousand dollars to
4: yeah and i don't know and i don't know if it would have to be person to person but the totals Mm -hmm. would have to be the totals have to uh, somehow
0: yeah 50 50 for male and female sports so uh, it's interesting that schools that may not have like top tier volleyball Mm -hmm. programs or like where
4: are they going to put that money
0: but they may have top tier women's soccer programs and
4: it may force them to invest in order to justify spending that amount of money on female athletes because they have to if they want to pay their football Mm -hmm. players. It may force them to take their women's sports more seriously and elevate those programs, which I think is a really interesting Mm -hmm. consequence of this proposal. Now, it is just a proposal, but I wouldn't be shocked if we see something at least similar to this model that actually does get enacted because this does seem like the natural next step to where things have been headed,
0: right? But in year one of Charlie Baker, uh, to get this on the ballot so quickly is his kind of way of saying, "I'm not messing around. Yeah. I know that we're taking this next step." But the big part, the the big part of this is, yes, the the power. It's probably going to be more of a power four now. Yeah, the power four schools are wanting to create this super league to where they can. They make their own uh, they, rules. Well, they can just use the resources they have, and they're not hindered yeah. by the schools on the low end of, of FBS yeah. um, or, or Division One football. Um to where like you're waiting for them to catch up yeah. so that you can maybe use a little bit more and this has kind of been a fight that or more like a tug of war match of okay now it's my turn okay now it's now I got to wait now now it's my turn now I got to wait and it's just going to be like no now it's just going to be like hey if you can do it you're going to do it and if you can't do it you're going to stay here
4: well and it makes sense right because in the top levels of division 1 football are further separated from the bottom levels of division 1 football than I think like the FCS is mm-hmm. even from division 2. I I will say though smaller schools are going to take a hit here, like they especially
0: are. in basketball. They are. We may not see the FAUs of the world yeah. making deep runs in the NCAA tournament because of a change like this. You won't see those
4: Cinderella teams and that irks me a little bit that aches me there will be some unintended consequences uh, coming up next we've got more hurt at sports radio
1: you're listening to hurt at sports radio
4: welcome back Here on Hurtout Sports Radio, I'm Robbie Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We are live on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. I'm glad our guy TK finally chimed in this morning. I was about to have a wellness check sent out on him. I don't think we'd heard from him yet today, so... Uh, glad TK is alive. Yeah, as well in the he, comments. Could, he
0: could stay out of the comments
4: <laughs> with that one. I'm cool. With yeah, it. I mean he's wrong. He's he's dead wrong, but that's fine. Uh, oh, he's never wrong. Oh, I mean on this one he's wrong. Uh, we uh, we appreciate everybody's very strong opinions about the uh, Christmas movie bracket that we did throughout the show here today. Um, but see, that's the best part about Christmas movie brackets
0: is everybody's so opinionated oh, on yeah. their favorite Christmas movies yeah. that when you look at a bracket, all brackets, any bracket created, yeah. you're like, this is ridiculous.
4: This, this, this is absolutely insane. Christmas Vacation still trash, um, even if it won. <laughs> the, uh, there, I, I, all I heard was it won. It, it did win, unfortunately. Shane had way too much power, as we've learned, uh, cannot be trusted with it. So we'll have to – we'll fix that next time. We'll take the power out of Shane's hands. Uh, that was a mistake. That's our fault. Oh, come on, Shane. That yeah, was our fault. It was your fault. We didn't think about it. No, I, I thought well into it. All right, well, that's my bad. Um, I, I will never make that mistake again. No, it was profitable. Uh, we, uh, we've got uh, a little baseball To get to, which is not a little rumor, not common in December here in Nebraska. But uh, probably the I mean, not probably the best player in baseball, um, certainly best all around player in baseball. Shohei Otani is a free agent. And there is a there's reports that the his signing could be imminent. And we have heard Bubkiss on where he's (laughs) headed. Yeah, shh. There's been – it's been a – Nobody talk about Shohei. A shroud of secrecy and mystery, which is very strange. It is because don't you want to get people talking?
0: Don't you want to get leverage across other Major League Baseball teams? So, um, well,
4: maybe in turn you get more money. Maybe he doesn't need leverage. Maybe the numbers are already so high he's just like, yeah, this is about right. (laughs) You know, I mean, listen, you could probably always get more, but maybe for him the numbers are so high that he wants to – Get the right team, because it's like okay for him. And I listen. I understand the numbers we're about to talk about are absolutely bonkers. What six hundred million is bonkers? Yeah, but like, what's for him? What's the difference between four fifty and five hundred? Like practically, right? Is there anything you can't buy with four hundred fifty million dollars that you can buy with five hundred million dollars? I mean, Um, about fifty million dollars worth of stuff. Yeah, but (laughs) but but think of a lot. You're pretty. (laughs) I mean, once you're in that realm of money it pro- to certain people it would matter more like hey i want to be in the right in the right place i want to be in a place i'm going to enjoy a place where i feel comfortable mm-hmm. because you already have a filthy amount of money
0: right but other incentives come with it too like you could even get like ownership stakes in teams sure, um yeah. and things like that so that's kind of what i think about with with leverage um i'm just thinking back to other like big deals um in terms of like you know when the cardinals uh didn't re-signed holes because they didn't want to give him what he wanted. Yeah. Um so they got the, he got the 300 million dollar deal in in um with the with Angels, the Angels. Yeah. and then you had even like the 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 Harper deal mm-hmm. in, in Philly and so like there
4: are these big deals. Um, what I'm wondering though is so Shohei seems like a pretty private person. We don't know a ton about him. Well, yeah, he's so private that he, when
0: he was asked After winning the MVP, holding his dog, (laughs) what's his dog's name? This is how ridiculous the story is. He didn't feel comfortable sharing his dog's name, which in turn only tells me it's the team name of where he's going next. (laughs) And that's why he didn't want to share it yet.
4: The dog's name is Philly. (laughs) Toronto. (laughs) Is Jay. (laughs) Um, No, but he's, he's like a pretty private person. So I wonder if this is all happening, like the, the leverage and the negotiations is all happening. But he's basically just gone to him and be like, hey, you know, I don't like my business out there. If I hear a rumor and I think it came from you, you're out. And that would give them plenty of incentive mm-hmm. not to say a word, right? And if his agent is already getting the leverage against people that he wants to, you don't have to go public with that, because that's usually why the stuff goes public, right? The, the Bryce Harper stuff went public because Scott Boris – wanted more money than was currently being offered. The Manny Machado stuff, the same way. Um, You brought up poo holes. A lot of these go public because they feel like they need public pressure Mm -hmm. to get the amount of money that they want. Maybe the agent, and because of his skill set with Otani, is – so high that they're getting the levers they want without public pressure.
0: And and that's probably what it is just because of Otani's name. Heath brought up the point of you got to remember how they do business or the overseas yeah. like they yeah, just yeah. do it differently and I'm with you there, but when you're in the states, this is how business is done I, and unless you do it this way, you're not going to get the most out of your usually uh, your your client. In this case, the it it's the exception to
4: the rule. I also wonder if because it doesn't seem like Anaheim is in the mix, usually the public pressure is put on about, oh, he really wants to stay home, but Anaheim's not phoning him. <laughs> Anaheim did it or, to
0: themselves, too, right? because yeah. they aren't a winning franchise. Yes, right. So it's like, I'm not going to ruin his career like we did Mike Trout.
4: Right? <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it's one of those things where I think because the staying at the team he's currently on isn't really an option, that the public leverage play doesn't make as much sense either. Because a lot of times it is, you know, either the the home team will will leak something to to try and get fans kind of riled up to be like, hey, just you know, we're almost we're offering almost as much, just take the deal, whatever. I don't. That's that's not a factor here, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I think that matters too. Yeah, I
0: just don't know if it matters like throughout the process of talking about the teams that you visited. Yeah, um, I don't it, know. He it made it. He made it seem like it was a huge deal when Dave Roberts uh, answered a reporter's question saying that he had had a conversation with Shohei Ohtani, or the team has, yeah. and Shohei didn't like that, and Roberts came out and apologized for it. Now, maybe because that's the in-town rival team, mm-hmm. um, that could be, but it just doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal to say, like, hey, I had a phone call with the Texas Rangers. I had a phone call with Toronto. I, I mean, these sources get leaked yeah. one way or another.
4: Yeah. Well, and yeah, I just maybe it's just how he... It's, it's,
0: it is probably a business I, thing, Heath. You're, you're probably right. It's yeah. probably just how he, he's that, used to things, yeah, he's how used he's to comfortable doing things. with
4: things. And I think it's his personality way, too, right? Like, I mean, this is not telling me your dog's name, though. I was a little upset. I, do, I don't like that. I want to know, know about all the dogs, all the good dogs.
0: I can't wait till it comes out um, and his name's
4: Toronto. <laughs> It's that's the current rumor is that uh, he may be signing with the Blue Jays, but I, I don't think I honestly don't think anybody knows.
0: Well, it's a rumor because there was a Reddit thread that took place and the comment was so a Twitter user has found a private jet leaving Anaheim for Toronto tomorrow morning.
4: Mm. See, we've done this with coaching searches mm-hmm. here in Nebraska we before. We've done this with coaches tr- trying to figure out which quarterbacks they're visiting in the portal. The, I will just say this. The private plane tracking is not infallible. It misses a decent amount. <laughs> um, so, even if you've got the tail number, even if you know what you're looking for, having followed recruits and coaches, I mean, we just went through this with Rule last year, right? You're on the message board, you're figuring out, okay, this flight's going here and mm-hmm. this. Listen. The planes get used for other stuff, guys.
0: Yes, <laughs> but uh, as they went through it, they found the plane owner, they found the tail number, they found everything, and then they found Otani standing in front of that plane listen, with a bag in hand. Uh, I'm not saying that, like you said,
4: it's foolproof. Well, and listen, maybe he's visiting Toronto. Maybe that, that doesn't – I'm sure he's visited other places too, <laughs> you know, or maybe – He's such a crazy person. He's just visiting Toronto well, around the winter well, meetings. Maybe he's such a crazy person about his privacy that he's flying to Toronto and driving somewhere else in the Northeast to go to where he wants to go. Can you imagine he crosses the border <laughs> to then <laughs> cross I mean? the border again? He, goes, he goes, over <laughs> to, goes over to, like, I mean, not to not just because it's me, just maybe Boston, maybe think about to go over to the Red Sox. I don't know. Um, but, no, it's, you know, obviously – there's a lot of reasons he could be going to Toronto. Doesn't necessarily mean he's signing there, but it certainly could. Oh. I just I, I don't think we know anything about this situation. Would you
0: name your dog Red Sox? By the way, <laughs> no, that's a terrible dog name. <laughs> so this I'd also says. I'd name dog Boston though. Tomorrow is a day of luck in Japanese culture, and uh, it's also the day he signed with the Angels back in 2017. It wouldn't
4: surprise me if he signs tomorrow. I just maybe it's Toronto. Maybe it's just a visit. Maybe it's a red herring to throw people off. I don't know. Otani kind of seems like he would think it's funny to mess with people a little bit. Like, am I crazy? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know his personality all too much. I know he likes to have
0: fun with his teammates. And, um, you know, during the All-Star Game, he was having fun with a lot of the, uh, the Japanese players. Yeah. And, and, you know, they were signing autographs and things. So he's not somebody that is like, hey, I'm a jerk. Yeah,
4: he's not a joyless person. He's just very private. Mm-hmm. So I could see him thinking it's kind of funny that everybody's so obsessed with, like, tracking his planes and stuff that he's like, all right, we're going to throw you off a little bit. That's a little bit of a prankster move. Oh,
0: get this. Uh-oh. The charter plane was lying dormant in Oakland for weeks, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was when Otani was seen visiting the Giants.
4: So, <laughs> I don't know. Th- this, this Reddit thread is kind of crazy. Uh, coming up next, we've got Matt Verzal here on Herd at Sports Radio.
1: <laughs> You're listening to Herd at Sports Radio. Now let's find out what Matt Verzal is better at. Telling stories or making pizza. Matt, Matt, Matt. (laughs) Matt's an exceptional young man. Matt Verzal. Happy birthday, Matt. You know, Matt, he's a tremendous athlete. Matt (laughs) Verzal. Come on, Matt, 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 I'm with you.
4: You know, like Matt Verzal, you're one of the sexiest people in the world, but you're not one of the most beautiful. How does that happen?
1: Here is Matt Verzal. All right, Matt. Thank you very much.
4: Wrapping up the show here on a Friday. Cleaning up the show, if you will. The War Horse Sportsbook cleanup with our guy, Matt Verzal on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline. Verz, how are you this morning? Bottom through, Shane. There he is. How are you this morning, Verz?
2: Good, boys. How are we doing? We
4: Good. are doing all right. Mm-hmm. Before we get into sports things, uh, we've been talking a lot about Christmas movies this morning. Do you have a favorite go-to Christmas movie?
5: Well, before we get into that, my condolences <laughs> to you and your family on everything that has happened in the past week or so, my man.
4: Thank you. I very much appreciate that.
5: Yep. Uh, Christmas movies. Christmas Vacation.
0: My man! Oh, See, on. I knew Verz. So, Verz and uh, I were on the same level. Number oh. three,
5: about number three... On the list, <laughs> uh, a Christmas Story is number one.
4: Oof. Okay, not Robbie's favorite. Not my fave. Neither one of those are my fave. That's okay though. What's uh, what's what? How what's... could you not like
5: a Christmas Story?
4: I just never enjoyed it. I don't know. I watched it as a kid. Watched it as an adult. It just wasn't for me. You can't relate to any of that. <laughs> I think maybe I was just jealous. I never got a BB gun. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I did have one of those. That was pretty awesome.
4: <laughs> yeah. See, that's BB, what I
5: mean. BB guns were sick.
4: <laughs> <laughs> my mom was afraid I was going to shoot my eye out. I never I think, got one. I think I had a pellet gun. Is that the same thing? Yeah, it's in the neighborhood.
5: Um, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas would be number two. What? Do I say that then, again? <laughs> Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. For those in the Gen X era, they know what that is.
4: I don't know if I want to search that. I was, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to look that up. The Muppet Movie. Oh, Jim Henson, mm, you mm, mm, I am mm. a big Muppet guy. I like Muppet. I got Christmas. it. I got oh, it. you like that. Then. Yeah, I like you Mupp- would like that. OK, I'll, I'll check that one out.
5: Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Thank, Thank you. you.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Verse. We're all on the same page there. I'm glad we I'm glad it's we a could.
5: Great. It's a great movie nonetheless, but it is not just because it yep. takes place during Christmas does not make it a Christmas movie.
4: See, mm-hmm. I, if the theme was more Christmassy. Yeah. Then yes, but it's not. It's not. A, it just happens to be at Christmas. Um, yeah. <laughs> Verz, we good have, movie though. It is mm-hmm. a good movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's disparaging the movie. Um, Vers, let's get into a little bit of, of Nebraska football here. Obviously, the the transfer portal and quarterbacks are kind of the uh, the the topic of the day for well, topic of the week or a couple of weeks of, of recent around here. There's a quarterback Nebraska's in Nebraska who's interested in Kyle McCord or appears to be interested in Kyle McCord, and there's some rumors about his dad being a helicopter parent, maybe a little over-involved. How big of a concern uh-huh. for you would that be?
5: It would be the top concern. Okay. They're the problem with everything. Like, their unrealistic expectation of what their child is is the reason – Sports are where they are
3: mm-hmm.
5: Like legit and they don't even like you tell them the 1% of 1% rule in one ear out the other mm-hmm. They they 100% feel that does not apply to them and then you know you get them trying to live through their kid be it through Championship game or dumb trophy one, you know, it means a lot when you're a little guy to win that trophy in five years them little guys or gals don't even know where them trophies are mm-hmm. like it's, they're, they're, they're the issue. You, you had your chance to go do it, and it didn't work out for you. Because you get so involved and you're so over the top with your child, all you do is penalize the child. It's, I'm, I'm a searching for Bobby Fisher guy. You've probably never seen that movie either. The best part of that entire movie, it's about a chess prodigy. Mm-hmm. They're like all the parents in the basement at a tournament. It's the greatest piece of cinematic <laughs> artistry ever. Because they should do that at all these games. They should lock them out and just let the kids play.
4: Just let them have fun, man. Games are fun. They're make them crazy. They're supposed to be fun, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Yeah. Verse. How yeah. Imp- how impressed were you um,
0: in the offensive line performance this year? And how much of the credit of that goes to Donovan Rayola and Coach Rule for keeping Rayola on this staff after moving on from everybody else last season?
5: Um. By the end, when they got all the pieces I think they had wanted at the beginning, they they um, they rounded into some form. Now, there's still quite a ways to go. Mm-hmm. And, and before, you know, you want to get into any quarterback discussions or other player discussions, like,
3: your,
5: your quarterback the finish your season just went to Philadelphia for a surgery.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Like, so he wasn't even healthy. Mm-hmm. And your offensive line is, is mid-pack, and I'm being generous. So if you can get your offensive line up to higher end of the pack, just in your conference, and then let that kid play, and then get some quarterback coaching where you're kind of allowed to read a defense and throw it where guys aren't, then I think you have a different player. Again, I think you have a different outlook. But what's the value? I mean, I'm not being pessimistic here. You're Ohio State. Like, you're you're really the only team that has a real gripe for not being in the tournament. You lost to number one at number one's house by three. How mm-hmm. is Ohio State fan not more pissed? Mm-hmm. I got to get Florida State being pissed, but uh, you're, they're also not the same team without their starting quarterback. Like, let's just be honest. But... Ohio State, like that's a like you're like you'd tell me that that you're not just jerking Nebraska around, like come on, like you're you're at the top end of the conference and you're going to go to the to the middle lower portion of the back of the conference, and that's just reality. That's not being negative, but you know maybe uh, I guess rules two million cleared, and maybe that is. By a you're, paying, you're paying your your possible transfer quarterback more than your best defensive coordinator you've had, and.
4: Ten years. Vers, do you think there might be kind of going back to that what you said about those helicopter parents and not really knowing or having a good grasp on the reality of of who their kid is? Do you think that might be a factor in you know a lot of the a lot of the credit on Ohio State goes to you know Marvin Harrison Jr. or a lot of the other skill position players and the people around Kyle McCord? Do you think any part of it is like, well, I can show you, I can go somewhere else and be just as good? Like it, do you think that maybe factors into why they might make that move?
5: Could be. There's a possibility that that is it, but I just think they, they don't... You're not raising a team player. Mm. Okay? You're not raising someone that wants to be a part of something greater than themselves. You're, you're raising someone that wants to be them, them to be the showcase, if that's, your, if that's your case. The best thing you could do is if you're in that situation is that a presser that yeah why do you think i came here like i I get to throw some of the best receivers coached by the best receivers coach in the country Mm -hmm. what kind of moron would not take this chance (laughs) because all i have to do all i I can do is get better Mm -hmm. i can improve my game here every day because i'm throwing two better people every day but they don't that parent doesn't want that to happen they want their kid to be the reason it succeed. They don't want the team to succeed. They could care less about the team. Their kid. Like that's. It's just people's brains are all all effed up when, when it comes to that stuff. I mean, look at youth organizations. Yeah. They're running out of colors for some of these. It's like such and such for you, taupe, elite, super special. <laughs> You know, it's like, come on, man! Like, this is really what we're doing. Like, this is where it's at. But everybody's got to go to four states. You know, you got to go play in four states
0: because they're
5: six. They're gonna remember the hotel, and that's about it. <laughs> and the breakfast <laughs> just, was it free? And, and all, but all this does though is breed that crazy parent. Yeah, it breeds that parent. They, my, my kid made top super elite special team. It's like, okay, well, you're paying them. And like, there's a reason he made it. You got the check cleared. <laughs> Yeah, go, go back to neighborhood ball, pick an all-star team, and roll. I blame Damon being a gladiator. Gladiators ruin the sport.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: I'm going to see him tonight, too. He's going to be pissed. I would say,
3: <laughs>
4: you might get a text about that before we're off the phone here. Um, the the uh, You mentioned uh, uh, a minute ago about the offensive line and how they, they had improved – but they still had a ways to go. In mm-hmm. your mind, what are those next steps for them to start climbing that ladder from being mid-pack to start getting towards the top of the conference the way you talked about?
5: I think your main focus is just continue to coach Knighton. Okay, so you got, you got two dudes that both should be a zero technique. Robinson Hummacher. Okay. But you're, you're selfless enough as a player, to say, I'm going to go play this five technique, even though I know this does not fit my skill set, you're Robinson. Mm-hmm. And you do a pretty damn good job. You get exposed on the edge a couple times because they're just faster, but that's okay because you're still in there battling mm-hmm. and you're fighting. When you get guys in there and you have depth at that, and now your rotation at that zero is Huntmacher and Robinson, good luck. A gap to AGAP. <laughs> I wish you, I wish you all the best. <laughs> Because that dude that has played seventy-five snaps last year is playing forty snaps this year, and he's rested in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he's good with it. And now we got a couple guys out on the five technique. They're little, you know, still big, maybe a little quicker, maybe a little faster foot. So you can't roll out and cover, or you can't roll out of the pocket now. And then some coverage might have to lapse because it's a little bit more of a scramble drill on your offensive line. You know, I, I thought they missed a huge opportunity to play some young guys for those last four games. Mm. It, it bugged me. It bugged me. You know, it, it, it bugged me punch the freezer door, which is where I go when I get frustrated in here. I go in the freezer, punch <laughs> the door a few times, and come out. But, you know, that's an opportunity to say, okay, what does our future look like? Mm-hmm. And the worst thing that can happen for you is that young kid goes in there and does good. Mm-hmm. That, that's the absolute worst. Mm-hmm. So go throw them in. It's free. It's a free opportunity to try them. And it's a free opportunity for them to say, hey, I can fit at this, or i got to work on all of this, all of this as in the off seasons if I want to even play here. Mm-hmm. It's just a good dose of reality. But that opportunity, in my opinion, was missed. And you've got to continue to make that position grouping competitive every day where you fear for your job every day. And if you go out and you fail at practice and they take your job that day, you better have enough balls in your sack to go right back the next day. Like, that's that's what it's got to get to.
4: Matt Verzal, terrific stuff as always. Uh, Good Appreciate points. the time, and uh, we will talk to you again next week. See you, boys. See you, first. That's our guy, Matt Verzal. That's our show for the week. Hope you enjoyed it. We will be back on Monday here on Herd at Sports Radio.